So welcome back to the Diaries of the Wild Ones. I want to give a really big thank you to Wild Earth Australia because I'm just so stoked to be a part of their team. Through them, I get to meet the most amazing adventurers because as a company, they are really supporting people that are just getting out there and giving life a really good crack. They're just such a good company that truly believes in the adventurous lifestyle. So a big thank you to them. Now, if you need any gear for your next adventure, running, hiking, camping, climbing, survival, you name it, there you have it. So go to the website, wildearth.com.au and put in the 10% discount code, Diaries of the Wild Ones, all one word, capital letters. Free shipping Australia-wide, they even ship internationally. Okay, you're about to meet Andrew Mooney. He is a mate of mine and also my surfboard shaper. This guy is an absolute nutter in big waves. Have a look at the vid I did it up for this episode on Instagram, Aaron underscore Shanks. I'll go to Mooney's Instagram, Serpent Sleds, and have a look at how wild this guy is. This is a great, great conversation with so much detail. All the surf dogs are going to love this one because the first hour is Mooney talking deep about his pro surfing career, the movies he has done, and all about his shaping. Then the second half of the conversation is just next level nail biting stuff where he goes deep into what goes through his mind surfing these huge waves. It is so hectic. I don't know how these guys do it. Definitely wired so different. Also, the board that I picked up when I recorded this episode turned out to be the magic board. It's the funnest board I've ever owned and I am frothing on it. The Tim and Tony model that he shapes. I got it in a 5.5 20 plus one it's about 25 and a half liters for me and it's so so good i highly recommend ordering one through him because this thing works in everything mussy shitty fun waves and then punchy beaches and then i surfed it the other day at about six eight foot and i was freaking out having such a small board like small 20 under me and it held so well i couldn't believe it anyway you guys are going to love this one the second half is next level Enjoy. Yeah, this is a bit weird, but it's, this is actually probably the coolest setting I've done a podcast in a surfboard shaping bay. I thought it would be good, actually. Well, this is where I spend most of my time. Yeah, so it kind of. I'm comfortable here. Do you know what's kind of funny about you? Like, think about what you do. You make little boys and grown men's dreams come true. <laughs> Like, think about that. I've never thought about it in that way. I literally way. just thought about that. It's like, okay, I just came That's, here. And uh, you, that could be really taken out of context. I know. You've just shaped me a, a surfboard, right? And yeah. I didn't even want to see it yet because I'd be too excited. Yeah. I yeah. was like, hide it from me, hide it from me. Because it's like, it, that is the ultimate dream. It's yeah. like a new, fresh surfboard for a surfer. Yeah, it doesn't wear off, you know. Like, if I'm working on a model, I'm making myself a change each week. So, I'm making myself a new board each week. Yeah, that model with with a slight change, and then, um, yeah, that excitement's still the same as my first board. Really? Yeah, yeah, I'm still that excited because it's like, it's you know, it's this infinite possibility of what you could feel. You know, yeah, how how fun it's going to be, how fast it's going to go, how it's going to turn. You know, so it's it's so exciting every time because you don't really know, like especially when I'm making a change. But I guess it's the same for a customer. Like they don't, they don't really know, you know, maybe I have more of an idea of what I think it's going to do or what I want it to do. Yeah. Um, but it's the same, yeah. How often is it completely different? Like you, you will shape a board for a certain wave and then you get on it and it's just completely different to how you thought it would go. 
Well, yeah, I think it was more in the early days. Now, now I kind of know. Now I can read it better, and my eyes getting better and better. So, um, and like I, I still feel relatively new to it. So, I, you know, it's like you have a six. It, it, it's you're basically looking at it all the time. You know, you start to see what's working and what's too curvy or what's what's too straight or that rail's too blocky or, um, and. And you kind of like, I guess most shavers they're obsessed with it, so your mind's never really off it. So you just get more and more in tune. So you kind of know what it's going to do, or, or sometimes you try and do something, or you do it on the program, then you actually get the cut and it looks a bit different. Yeah. Or it's not as curvy as you thought, or you know, not as drivey looking as you thought. So, so, but you already know you're like, oh shit, that's too, that's too straight there, or that's too curvy there. You yeah. know, you're kind of missing it on on your tiny computer screen trying to design it. Um, but yeah, especially in the early days, that's when it was like, you just, you're just learning. You're just so green, you know, you're thinking this is going to work, but, and kind of everything does, you go too far with something, but it does something better. You know, it's too curvy. So it goes really well, like freakishly good up and down on a steep wave or something like that, or like it's way too flat. So it's just flying across flat sections. Like you get these extreme feelings, but, but then you go to turn it, you're like, oh, that's too stiff. Is that what you're constantly thing. chasing? You're just constantly chasing these extreme feelings, like in well, your own surfing and being able to shape your own. Yeah, balls? yeah. Especially in the performance stuff, you like you want an extreme feeling. You want it to just go psychotically fast off the bottom, and yeah. so you can do the biggest turns you can, or like fly through a cutback. But you, there's got to be a balance of control as well. So, yeah. so, um, so you're trying to not you're trying to not get this neutral feeling that. That that's the hard part, I think, is getting it like extremely exciting, uh, but controllable or, yeah. or, or, or all round. Yeah. When you yeah. started shaping your own boards, did that change yeah. your surfing? Yeah, kind of. Cha- yeah. Changed it by because now you can create so many different feelings for yourself. Yeah. Well, for a while, I was kind of pissed off. Like I thought I'd ruin surfing for myself forever because I'd be out there every wave. I'm just thinking about the board. I'm like, this is this is just like I'm getting just too analytic. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, this sucks. Like, I'm not just enjoying the waves or... Um, I For a little bit there, I kind of lost that that simple enjoyment of just catching waves and um, not sort of analysing every curve and feel or what the board's doing in certain moments. Um, but now, now I've kind of gotten used to that. Like, like I, I fully thought I'd ruined it. I was like, I've, yeah. I've ruined my surfing forever if I'm riding my own boards, you know. But... Now that that just adds this whole new element, you know. It's like <clears throat> a whole new element. I'm feeling what's going on with the board as well as, you know, that that enjoyment of riding a wave and flying through a turn and all that. Yeah. And then there's the added element of, you know, aiming to do something and then feeling it, or, or you know, even just inching a model a bit better, a bit better as you go along. Like it's that that's kind of like a deeper satisfaction to it i guess yeah yeah it's good but yeah, that you have that I, yeah. connection to it do you remember your first wave i do yeah clearly yeah what was it is that where it all began yeah yeah that was when i got the feeling and then i pretty much didn't stand up on a clean face for like like seriously eight to ten months after that i couldn't really? do it and you just kept chasing i just that feeling. i just kind of fluked it yeah well was, before that i was riding a bodyboard flat out how, so I was, what age are we talking here? Oh, I didn't get a board, a stand up till I was 13. 
I remember that about yeah. you. I remember thinking yeah. when I was a 13 year old yeah. or like 14 year old and you're surfing really good. And I was yeah. thinking this motherfucker, yeah. like I've been surfing <laughs> for like five, six years at this stage and this guy's surfing better than me. I'm s- yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think um, there's a few guys, I think Dane Reynolds started about 13 as well, 12 or 13. Yeah. Yeah. Did you realize when you started surfing that you just had a natural talent? Or maybe no, not considering it took you no, eight months from I, I sucked, hey. Well, I just couldn't stand up, like, for, for a year, yeah. So, I guess I guess from bodyboarding and, you know, doing nippers and all that, when I was younger, you know, you get an understanding of the ocean and how to get around and catch waves and stuff. But just that transition of standing up at the peak of the wave and going down, I, I struggled with that for so long. So, like, one, if I had an easy takeoff, I could stand up you know, and get going. If I was, if it was like a whitewash that reformed, I was good. Yeah. But I just struggled to, you know, stand up in that, that split second, that perfect moment and then go down the wave. Yeah. Yeah. So that took a long time. So what changed? <clears throat> don't know. Was it just I persistent? Just, just kept at it. Yeah. Yeah. Kept at it. I sort of, I did a bit of both for a while, for probably 12 months, sort of bodyboarding and surfing depending on the waves. Yeah. Um, And then I th- I think it just started to click, yeah, yeah. But it was, but but I did fluke it straight away. Yeah, I got like a on the end section at Max Point, McMaster's Beach, where I sort of grew up, and um, it, exactly that. It kind of closed out on the end of the point, but then it sort of reformed into this rip. Yeah, and because I was already up and going, I had my balance because guess been skating since I was five years old or whatever, even younger. Um, so you kind of know what to do once you're up. And then got the feeling and then pretty much chased that again. Like, so I had the taste and I think that's what kept me going for 12 months till I could actually yeah. master that takeoff. Yeah. 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 So. But yeah, I sucked. I was, I was, I was pretty shit. Well, when did you realize that you're starting to get good? Like if you sucked um, for like a, a total year, like how long did it take you to actually, was it like once you got the ball rolling? Well, once, just, once I got the takeoff. Yeah. I think cause I, I just skated religiously, you know. Before school, after school, we didn't live near the beach till I was, I think, probably 11 or 12 or something. So, we're just like, if we weren't, yeah, we're pretty much just on a skateboard every day. Yeah, that was yeah. the thing. It's always the skaters, like Chipper Wilson. It's always those skaters that just yeah, have yeah. that different style, that like that, that like, wildness yes. in their surfing. Yeah, and you know what? Like, I don't skate much anymore, but when I do it, I feel like I'm surfing better. You know, you kind of brings another element of kind of because when you skate you're kind of catching the board with your feet you know yeah and when you're coming at it from the surfing angle i reckon you you're just thinking about carving and turning and you're not always thinking about your feet moving around on the board yeah so especially for airs and stuff you know if you're skating and then you go and surf and do an air it it gives you this extra 10 percent, i reckon of yeah you know you're coming down for an air where usually i reckon just a surfer's mind is thinking their feet are stuck, you're going just through the motion. But when you get that kind of skate thing there, I think of where my feet are and I'm kind of looking, oh, shit, my left foot's got to go back a bit to catch the board properly, you know, so. And you make those decisions so quick. Yeah, yeah, but I think it, I think the skating yeah. makes it that way, yeah. So yeah. how did your surf career start? Like, did you, from this, like, 13, 14-year-old kid, did you start gathering momentum? Were you just doing board riders challenges? Yeah, or like, yeah. yeah, I think it was, well... Yeah, it was board riders, really. I I guess just surfing around McMaster's there, a few of the older guys were doing a vocal board riders. Yeah. And at that stage, like, that was, like, the pinnacle club around here. You know, there's... They'd had guys like 
Mark Sainsbury and um, Shane Powell and, you know, all these guys. Maybe Ross Clark Jones, I don't know. But um, but anyway, through through Bryce Ellis and guys like that. So they had this deep history and, and basically they were the only club sort of down our end of the coast. So these, you know, the older guys from McMaster's said, you know, you should do this, you're surfing good enough. And um, so anyway, I think I went into under-16s there and, and that kind of started it and then met a few other guys, um, Brendan Back, Jesse Tate, um, Riley Evans, they were like the gun guys that I was going against. And uh, and then we all just sort of started chasing contests, yeah. Yeah, under-16s was, was flat out. Did you realise that you had a talent by this stage? Did you realise like that um, you could compete against these guys? Yeah, yeah, I thought I was heaps better than them. <laughs> Were you competitive? <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to crush them, eh? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I do. I mean, I feel like I probably come across mellow all the time. But, uh, but yeah, I'm pretty pretty competitive, eh, really, deep down. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so yeah, that's that's how it started. There was all the all the juniors. Like my mum was taking me to contests flat out. Like, and did you have sponsors? Did you as a nah? Everyone else had sponsors. Yeah, I didn't have sponsors. Yeah, um, all the other guys, the, the Quicksilver, Billabong, you know, all the rest. And um, and like I was in the mix with them and, and beating them a lot of the time. Yeah, so um, so that all came later, but. Um, but I didn't. I didn't really mind. I kind of liked it. Yeah, because you're the I felt underdog. Like the underdog. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. The underdog yeah. shining. So where yeah. did the first sponsor come in? Um, that wasn't till maybe like sixteen, I think. And that was actually through the school I went to. They had this like surf academy thing, and uh, anyway, they got some companies on board. I think it was Smith Optics, Peak Wetsuits. Um, pretty sure FCS. So we kind of got hooked up through that, yeah. And still with FCS now, which is pretty cool. Oh, so, you are. So yeah. how long have you been surfing for FCS for? That's that's probably sixteen years. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And I guess through the school, it wasn't like wasn't that official. We didn't really have um, personal contracts or anything then. But uh, but they they came a few years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was your first biggest contract? Um, I guess I was writing for SMP from. I think I was like 16 to 18 or 19, something like that. And uh, and was this a paid that, sponsor or just, just merchandise? Yeah, that, that was the first money, yeah, yeah. So they're yeah. actually paying you from what, a 16-year-old kid? Yeah, yeah. So kind of pretty yeah. much, let's say you started just, at 13. Just like a small travel budget, yeah. Yeah, so from 13, it took you two years to get to a junior level to compete against pretty much like say 13 to 14, trying to stand up, then 14 to 16. Within two years, you're competing against junior yeah. pro surfers pretty yeah, much. I guess it happened pretty quick. And these yeah. guys have been yeah. surfing for eight, nine years or something. Like they've been surfing since they were little kids. Yeah, I guess so. I, I used to love it. Um, there's this guy, Ben Dunn. You probably saw yeah, him on the Dun- tour there yeah. for a bit, Dunny, yeah. So I don't know what he's doing now actually, surf coaching I think, but but his old man was a surf coach. Um, so I used to love it, you know, if I was in heats with him or if I ever beat him or whatever. Not that I beat him that much. He was just just technically good in heats, you know. But um, but I just loved it because I felt like I'd just come from this whole other angle, you know, um, yeah. sort of untrained kind of thing. And he was this polished, you know, just heat machine. Yeah, polished, refined kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. Like it's it's cool. He sort of had that had that upbringing and stuff. But um, 
yeah, I just thought it was really cool. I just felt like the the like grindy underdog, you know, that that just taught himself and yeah, yeah. So if I beat guys like that, that that was that felt pretty good, yeah. And did you did you have a taste for big waves then when you were younger? Like yeah, you, was it was oh, there yeah. always a push just to go bigger and bigger? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and it's it's that's from where I grew up at McMaster's. Yeah, so we've got this got a like pretty fun right hand point. Everyone sort of writes it off, but. It's kind of average but consistent. You know, you can do four or five turns. Um, but then out the back, there's this ledge and that holds like as big as you can throw it at kind of thing. Um, big channel and, and if there's east in it as well, it's actually hollow. Yeah. So, um, Pepper. <laughs> How you going, dude? This is Pepper. There you go, mate. All right. All right, we're back in one of the other shapers just came into the bay. But um, so you're saying yeah, you're out Max Masters Point surfing caves and it's that's where the big yeah. waves kind of started for you. Yeah, so it was pretty much like there was a big scene, you know, all the all the guys older than me, they'd surf this wave caves that was off the front of the headland. You know, and, it, and most of the time we got like a big south swell, so it was kind of fat, but it had, it had this ledge. Yeah. Kind of like a back ledge, which was deeper, sort of, breaks in front of this rock and like pretty gnarly kind of really hollow but a bit weird like doesn't really barrel yeah like it does but it's hard to ride yeah and then that you can well everyone we're starting to take off there now we never used to then it that sort of runs into this big bowl which is like top to bottom especially if it's east and uh so like you know it it, it gets like 15 foot it gets can get really big um so so it was just that scene. So those guys used to drag me out there um, on my 5.5. Five. had a little Nirvana from Bill Cilia 5.5. Five. So, so was that just because they were the older boys, you know? Like they're yeah, just the, the well, guys I, to look up to and so you, you aspired to be like that. You just Oh, totally. To, yeah, they yeah. were my heroes. Yeah, yeah, these underground guys. Like you've probably heard of um, Damien Wills and um, another guy who's passed away now, Clayton James, Monkey, who went by, um, Jeremy Cohen, um, maybe even Amy Donahue. She might have got out there a bit, and then a host of other guys. There's another guy, yeah. Matt McLeod and Joel Gribble and um, Clint James, Clayton's brother. Like like these guys would just just live for caves, you know. And I guess um, I guess they took me under their wing, and then they're all out there on like eight O's and all this stuff. And um, yeah, I was on my five five Nirvana. So they're out there on big boards. Yeah, like big big boards. boards shaped for a wave like that. Yeah, yeah. You're out on this yeah. little tiny like. Yeah, rom- this is this like a board not even two inches thick. You yeah. know, sixteen inches wide, five five, like a high performance grom board. You know. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so I I remember the first time they took me out there, and I'm I've never seen anything like these waves. You know. Were you scared? Oh fuck yeah, yeah! So you do get scared and big. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm scared every time I go. If yeah. I book a plane ticket, I'm I'm shitting my pants. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. until I see it. But um, but yeah. Anyway, so they they dragged me out there. I remember walking around the rocks, thinking like these these waves are just mountains. You know, they're yeah. just I've never seen ocean like this kind of thing. And I'd kind of seen it from the car. Uh, you know, my mum would drive me down after school or whatever to check it. And it's just huge, you know, the, the whole bay is whitewashed. It's just those like, you know, yeah. two, three times a year suddenly swells you get, which I feel like are getting rarer, but, oh, oh they don't hang around as long anymore. But um, 
So anyway, I'd only seen it from like the car park looking out. So I never really walked right around the headland and, and seen it that close. Did your mum know that you're going out in such raw, wild ocean? Yeah, I think she got to a stage where she's just like, go, just just go with them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was she, yeah. Did she know that the older boys had your back? Like even though they, they were pushing you, I th- were they looking after you? I think she thought they did, yeah. But basically <laughs> we jumped off the rocks and they just went for it on their eight O's and I was left behind kind of thing. Um. So, yeah, I just sat in the channel. I just remember it was like giant and stormy and and these guys just look like ants just like fucking charging, eh? Like just pushing it hard. No no cameras around, nothing. Probably only like four to six of them at any time out there. And, um, yeah, I just sat on the shoulder. Just just remember think, like going over the peak of the wave, just thinking it was like 50 metres down to the bottom of the trough you know looking all the way down there but then if i looked up it seemed like the next wave was taller than us kind of thing so it was just it's just like hitting a new level in my mind of what the ocean can do kind of thing and um i I didn't catch a wave even sitting on that shoulder were you scared like sitting in yeah yeah like i i tried to i paddled for a few waves and i thought i thought these things gonna break on my head and they they were just so big i couldn't judge it so i remember them just rolling underneath me and I guess because I'd never been in swells that big, I couldn't couldn't judge where to be or how underneath that I actually had to be. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's how it started. Yeah. And then I was just on my mum's case. I'm like, I need a caves board. I need a caves board. So, yeah, yeah. So did you get that bigger board to surf those? I waves? did. Yeah, yeah. My mum, um, my mum was seeing a guy actually, and he was like, he was like a ma- had a side job as a marriage celebrant, and. Uh, Anyway, I'd, I'd love to know who the guy was now, actually, but this guy was some surfer from Sydney, and I think he paid him with an Aloha, a 6'6 Aloha. Yeah, and the board went insane. This this Greg Clough, or Greg Clo, I don't know how you pronounce his name, but um, yeah, the board went insane. Like, I was only... So, he's given it to you, because he got paid. Yeah, he yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool, actually, yeah. He ended up being a bit of a dick, this guy, but, but that, now I think about it, that was a pretty cool act, so... So anyway, so I got this six six, and it went insane. It's like I'd ride it in two foot waves, and it did everything I wanted, you know. And I was this micro grom kind of thing. And uh, so anyway, that that's how I got my start. So I just rode that thing out there till it died. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. from pretty much day dot from this, were you known as a guy that could handle himself in big waves? Mm. Like just from that. So that was your stomping well, ground. That was your proving proving. Yeah, ground. yeah. But it was only it was only because of. Uh, this guy monkey and and damien wills yeah yeah and like that those two those guys really took me under their wing yeah and made me do all kinds of weird shit like climb trees or jump off balconies into bushes and cut my hair off when i'm running home from the school bus and like they really put me through grommet abuse yeah but they i think they really thought they were like training me up to yeah toughen up and go in big waves and yeah yeah yeah. take me skating that's that's it um yeah, you're, you're the young yeah. kid hanging out with the older crew. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And now you're the biggest madman out of all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of madmen out there, but yeah. 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 So where did um, your professional surfing career actually start? Do, do, you, do you reckon you could say that you ever hit professional level or like... Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there was there was some golden years there with Quicksilver. That was that was good yeah. money. Yeah, and, how did um, that, that happen? That, because that that's, was it, yeah. That's when I remember your your biggest shine in your career like when you had movies coming out um which are amazing and and you seem to be like living the living the dream there like yeah how did you get a bit i was how'd you get picked up by quicksilver still chasing that dream again now yeah right (laughs) 
Actually, all I want to do is make movies still, but yeah. Um, yeah, look, I don't really know how it happened. There's there's a rumour going around. So, so anyway, SMP sort of started going ass up. Everyone sort of lost their contracts and stuff. And then a few years there, I was just like labouring and, and still chasing it. Um, yeah, like whenever there was a swell, I'd just tell my boss, yep, tomorrow off or the next three days off I'm going to Tassie or whatever so so yeah I was just chasing it flat out and then I think it was one Easter you know the East Coast we always get really good swells in Easter and good yeah. winds and all that and um, we had this oh there's my phone mate you should know to turn this off <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell everyone to turn my that phone that wasn't me that wasn't my phone uh, continue so Oh, I remember we had this huge night. It was like long weekend or something, you know. So the Sunday nights were massive when we were like 19. But, and um, I think I partied till like 6 in the morning or something, you know, as you do at that age. Yeah. Party like there's no tomorrow kind of thing. And uh, on all kinds of stuff and just not giving a shit, you know. And then there was a guy, he actually, he, he was shooting photos a fair bit and uh, owned the local surf shop and... um. So anyway, I was shooting photos with him a fair bit and he rings me at like nine in the morning. He's like, mate, the waves are pumping. I'm just like, fuck, I just gone to bed. He's like, no, you, you got to go surf. Like, it's that good. I'll pick you up in half an hour. He's like, all right. You're kidding me. Yeah, sort of drag myself out of bed and got it together and probably just whinged the whole time on the way there. And so anyway, we went to this wave of Crackneck, which is like the, you know, the premier kind of wave around here. That, the premier wave that you can paddle to because we've got bombies and that. But um, bombies and that, that never break. But <clears throat> so anyway, we get down the rocks and um, like, fuck, I know that style. So, the, so there's like this wave crack neck. It's like a peak right and left on the one kind of reef. And then next to it, they call it the indicator. It's like, like this boogie, boogers like slab kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And um, like the impossible takeoff, but the gnarly barrel and like super deep water, you know, a foot, two foot deep and then deep again. Um, so just just a yeah, just scary, just a hectic looking, slab. Yeah. This is this is like the wave, you know. If, if you've surfed indies around here or like anyone, you know, it's sort of it's like gnarlier than ours and, and those kind of waves. It's like pretty pretty full on. But um, so anyway, we're halfway around. You kind of see that before you see the main peak crackneck. You see that first, and uh, we're like, fuck. We look at each other. I mean, Kelly Smith, this this guy, the photographer, and. Um, kind of look at each other weird and like is that kelly slater we're like fuck that was a hundred percent kelly you know at our yeah. local kind of thing and um we're like nah there's no way because the bells contest is on you know yeah. it's right in the middle of it and uh i think it was easter that's why it was a long weekend and we we're partying and all that and uh we get around there there's like like four chilies on there with quickie stickers you know for yeah. kelly on the bottom of them like Fuck, that's Kelly Slater, you know. So I guess Nathan Webster's taken him out there. So I guess they've seen the swell, flown up, left the contest, flown up for a day to surf this wave. And so we get there and then just my whole night had worn off. I was just like waxing up the board as quick as I could. What, what happened in your mind at this point, knowing that at your local crazy charging wave, like at your yeah. local wave, it's the biggest weird. king of surfing is out there? Yes, yeah. Have you? What's happened in your mind? Even though you haven't slept all night, have you wanted to go out there and push yourself? Yeah, that that competitive thing kicked in. I was like, and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go, go and show 
show Kelly how gnarly I am, you know? You were kidding me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I want to go and fucking charge some sets, you know? And, and, and like, yeah, I guess you just, just a grom and, and just had everything to prove, you know? Yeah. yeah. So what happened? So I just went out there and kind of woke up. The whole hangover just kind of worn off. And, um, and uh, yeah, Kelly was the same. He's, he's there with his camera gear. He's like, we're just both fizzing to get out there. And uh, we paddle out and there's like all the, all the pro Bergen crew, you know, like... Pro bodyboarders, yeah. Yeah, like, um, like Rawlins and, you know, just all those guys, the players and just, yeah. just any, all the top boogers you can think of. And uh, I just paddled straight to the inside, just sat in the inside. <laughs> Did you? Just, so you were just like, just I'm like going bigger, I'm going wanker. You're just like, I'm going yeah, bigger, I'm just, going deeper. I just like bossed out like an, like an absolute little arsehole, eh? Yeah, like I've got something to prove here. But I think in my mind, I was like, fuck these guys, I'm going to go harder, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, well, Kelly yeah, Slater's yeah. there, your, your yeah, idol's think, there. Like yeah. someone, the king of surfing is there and like you want yeah. to prove yourself. It's I like, think, get out of my way, I'm, get, I'm taking the... Yeah, I was just a full just being a full hero you know and uh and i think yeah i think dave winchester actually actually dropped in on me on a set yeah because i just kept paddling to the inside but um so anyway <laughs> got go see the door just keeps yeah, opening what, up what the fuck? <laughs> all right here we go the lock's not right yeah yeah so anyway i just just thought i was an absolute hero but uh but i did i was just swinging you know that like no one was looking at a, a couple of sets and i was just I, I think i got a bit big for my boots and got a couple and then um a few started coming through and i was kind of thriving on it when Did, people, were you surfing well the ones you got Would you a say couple was- yeah yeah well that's how i met winnie he he faded me i think he was like fuck this kid you know like yeah. <laughs> i'm going kind of thing and uh so anyway when when these couple of sets started coming through and I could see everyone was like, oh, I don't want to borrow that. I just, I got a bit excited. I was like, well, fuck, I'll go. You know, I'm, I'm the man out here today kind of thing. And um, and started swinging on a few. And um, anyway, I ended up breaking my board. How, how big are we talking? I was pretty, like it doesn't it doesn't hold huge out there. Even, even on like the biggest swells, it might get, you know, eight foot max. But yeah. it was probably like. But heavy. Probably six to eight foot. But yeah, chunk, it just gets chunkier. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like you know those slabs; they don't get. It it doesn't really get taller and taller. It does, a it bit gets but wider and thicker. And yeah, more yeah, water exactly. moving, draining yeah. off the reef. Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like just gnarly. Yeah, just it's kind of kind of that takeoff where it sort of sits and drains for a bit, and you got to you're taking off underneath it. You don't want to go near the lip. You know. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I got I got fucked up and basically you know got what I asked for. Hit the bottom and. Um, yeah, broke my board and all that stuff and kind of pretty much had a reality check and then uh, went and sat on the rocks and actually nearly took one of Kelly's boards out. Eh? Everyone's talk, trying to talk me into it, going, just just take one out, take one out, you know. Anyway, I wigged out and didn't do it. And, um, Man, you should have. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. I've thought about it a few times actually, but I just don't think it would have went down that well, you know. He's probably probably boards for that he had for the contest or whatever, yeah. but um yeah and anyway it was it was really cool actually end up sort of i think i apologized to winnie for snaking him and all that and and end up meeting him and rollins and sort of became good mates from from that moment um but then 
later, um, so I, I, was, I was on the team manager at Quicksilver's case for a while before that. and So uh, you were applying for a sponsorship? Yeah, kind of and they thing. were just kind of barring me pretty much. You know, I was just, I, I was just trying everyone. I was just like, fuck, I'm, I'm, I'm the best. I'm going to be a pro surfer, you know. I was, yeah. wasn't going to let anything stop it. And uh, kind of not getting much. But then, fuck, not even a week after that session, Quicksilver went, yep, come in and signed a contract. So what did that put you on that first contract? So you're you're uh, thinking maybe Slater says something to him like, hey, there's well, a guy that, out that's here. That's what everyone said. Yeah, yeah. And I, there was something in Stab that that Kelly said, oh, there's this kid out there just going crazy. So, so I was never officially told, but apparently Kelly said something, and yeah, yeah, apparently, yeah. yeah. So so which is pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I got a. I think I got a three months three month kind of um like trial i guess they gave me a travel budget and i just went hard for three months so did you just take this as your window of opportunity yeah yeah it was yeah so what did you do in that window just fuck just shot well i had i had cash then you know so i didn't have to labor anymore so um just watch the charts anytime there was a swell i just you know ring a photographer i'm going here come and shoot and just just hustled yeah did you have to pay a photographer to do that no no because at the time i guess like the whole magazine thing was pretty strong so they were they were keen as if you're going to go surf a slab and they're going to get a photo that's they were all about it so they were getting you know two two three hundred bucks for their double page kind of thing so so was this where you started chasing swells mm, mm. so quicksilver gave you a travel budget that was and you, it, and you yeah. said yeah, now I'm going to get... So yeah. what about contests? Did you have to do contests to try and prove yourself well, like a lot of other surfers? I was, I was still doing the pro juniors, yeah, yeah. And I was just so up and down. Like, I, you know, 16s, up until the under-16s, I was really strong in the contest. And even sort of 17, like when... I think when I was 17, when I started the juniors, and I started... I was making like a few quarters and semis and stuff here and there. So I was thinking, you know, fuck, I'm going to kill it. Like, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm, these guys are all older. There was like Bede and all those guys were in the finals and I was sort of just just getting beaten by them in the semis and quarters. So I was thinking, you know, I'm cut out for this. And then realistically, I probably started chasing girls and parties and, and that was way more fun and um, probably just came became a little bit erratic in my sort of personality, I think. So I couldn't really... I just wasn't focusing around contests, yeah. yeah. Were you able at the time, <clears throat> did they have free surfing as a thing? Like, could you have taken sponsorship money well, and just been a free surfer? Yeah, well, yeah, that's what happened. They they basically, they wanted me to do the contest. They, they sent me to do QSs and stuff like that. And then uh, they just went like, this This guy's just wasting our money doing this, basically. Um, your thing's big waves. Like, that, that's where you're excelling every time. Um so you're just going to do that and i was like so they literally gave you the green light yeah 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 pretty much so i was basically just thought fucking oath this is it because i guess when i was younger i used to look at margo like he was my absolute idol yeah yeah yeah. and i was like "This, this guy's living the life you know he's just chasing swells getting paid to do it doesn't have to do contests just yeah. just goes out and does hell calves and that's that's his job kind of thing so so did they sign um, you on then to a to a yearly contract to a salary yeah yeah 
Yeah, yeah, I guess... Yeah, I don't know. I forget how it happened exactly, but there was basically a trial period and maybe that was like when we're doing contests and the big wave thing. So I think there was probably a few swells I hit in that time. Um, I think I think the turning point was um, uh, Paul Patterson took me up to Nalu, took took myself and um, Tavita Gukalau up, up there. Up in Western Australia. Yeah, and it was just like fucking macking, hey. Those guys towing the outside and yeah, like it was, it was big, yeah. And like I'd never seen pits that size before then, yeah. So Toomey's was like, <coughs> like, were you scared? You know, eight, eight to man. I saw Ant Man get like a fifteen foot pit at Toomey's. It's like still, I, Jamie, Jamie Scott um, shot it. I'd love to, love to get the photo. Yeah, it's crazy. So how old are we talking here now? By this stage, so I think I'm pretty sure I was. 18, 18 or, or almost 19, yeah. 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 And they, they've signed you onto a salary. Um, yeah, yeah. How much are we talking? Like, um, I think the first years were maybe like 40K, something like that. So, yeah, I was cheering. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So suddenly you can afford, you've got, a, you've got money coming to your account every week. Yeah, you yeah, every, just... every month money would drop in and I had nothing else to do but watch the charts, yeah. 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 What was, was that? Dream. What was that yeah. life like as a young kid with money in the bank? World is your oyster. Um, nothing to do other than chase waves and just surf. What did you like? Yeah, I think it was like probably un, probably scattered and unfocused as I was. Like deep down, I think I was just really focused on getting the job done. Yeah. So like it, I just wanted to always be on the best swell each month, and because it at the time it really revolved around um <clears throat> it, it was really revolved around magazine exposure so the whole contract was geared around that yeah so uh, like my goal was to be on the best waves i could each month yeah, yeah yeah and were you kicking those goals yeah yeah there was um there was bonuses in contracts that i was getting each year and yeah yeah so yeah it was pretty cool yeah did you ever think that like that run could end mm not really i was just so focused on um getting the job done i didn't even think of that like and i was pretty much just spending every cent i had on getting more and more exposure and and chasing more and more swells did you see jealousy with other surfers like other surfers that were um sponsored um that had to do the qs that were doing all the um nah nah well and and you could just free surf nah not really i was i was a bit of a lone ranger eh? i think yeah well, I probably travelled with Marty Paradisus a bit, and um, but a lot of the time I'd see a swell and just go solo, yeah. Or like Ant Man, he'd sort of direct me a bit there for a while. Like he'd say, you know, there's a swell hitting over west, come over. So I'd just go by myself. Yeah. So um, and, and when you do this, you just stay with the local guys over there. Yeah, yeah, just stay with a photographer or just some random like West Oz, you know. Like guy who just surfs as well. Yeah, 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 this underground charger kind of thing. Or, um, yeah, it was really cool. So I was just, it, yeah, a lot of it was kind of solo or, yeah, yeah. yeah. So where did your movie career start? <laughs> your, your surfing vid, A Month on the Moon, is one of my favorite vids. Yeah. I just love it and I, and I really wish that there was yeah, more cheers. videos out like that because it was funny. Yeah, and Great yeah. surfing. It had so, so much um, variety. 
and it had a storyline. It's like, how did you come up with that? Like, did you have Quicksilver yeah, backing just, you for that? No, nah, no, nah, they didn't want me to do it. No, nah, uh, I, I think that was kind of the start of the end with Quicksilver. Like, the team manager and I, well, I guess not that we weren't seeing eye to eye, but I think I was so focused on being on all the best swells and getting the job done that, you know, like they were trying to get me to come in and do catalogue photos. I'd be like, nah, I'm, I, there's a swell hitting there, so I've got to go. You know, yeah. so I kind of kind of lost sight of, you know, who was paying the bills and all that stuff. But um, Did you ever look back on that? Because I think now um, it's like you see a lot of the pro surfers and everything, it's like that marketability. Mm. It's like there's guys that rip. Yeah, yeah. They're not that marketable. And you see guys like Laurie Towner. And mm. he just absolutely just charges and rips and everything, but doesn't mm. have like a major paying sponsor. Mm. And then you yeah. see other guys that like, you know, have got a big Instagram, social media, they're quite trendy. Yeah, well, that's what it, what it is at the end of the day. Like the end of the day, it's just show business and, and selling product, you know. So like if you're not in, influencing people to buy something, you're not really helping the company. Yeah. And so did you yeah. see that at the time that you, did you understand that uh, that was your yeah, role? I, I did, but probably too late. But, um, so, so I was hanging out with Dion ages a fair bit yeah. around that time, even though we're kind of like, I was going to do the big wave thing and he was kind of doing the performance thing. Um, we're, we're both free surfing. We're both, you know, still hanging out heaps. And, um, I think at the same time, we kind of figured out that it needed to be on the internet, you know? And he, he probably took action earlier, even though we were both talking about it. And uh, so anyway, I think he remember he started D on TV and all that yeah. stuff. And, and that was kind of like the forefront at the time, you know. And um, and he did it really well. That was like a webisodes? Like a- yeah, I think he's doing like web clips and webisodes and yeah. basically just putting out a bit of surfing and whatever he's doing that month and or, or however, however long it took. Um, and I guess he was probably more organized than I was. So I just... I didn't quite get it together until my contract had kind of expired or they decided behind the scenes. Um, so I went in with this big pitch and everything and, and did it all. But then like, well, actually, we've already signed contracts and there's no money for you anymore kind of thing. Yeah. So. Um, Holy shit. How long were you with Quicksilver for? Oh, I think it was five years, something like that. So yeah. now's the ultimate question. It's like you've yeah. been, had a well, well-paid surfing career. Yeah, and the next yeah. thing you've just gone in and said, "Hey, what about my my contract?" Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah how how have they approached that? Like, how did they? Well, it was it was a bit of a shock. Well, the team manager manager and I started. You know, it's it, not that it got a bit weird, but I just sensed he was not into me anymore. You know. Yeah. Because I think I was probably running my own race a bit too yeah. much for his liking. Um. Um, and it like it, it was a shock because. That year I got bonuses and everything and um, so I thought I was doing my job, you know. And I think I had to get like, the last year I had to get three covers, something like, you know, 30 double pages, 42 single pages. Like it was it was a lot I had to get and I hit it all and got bonuses. Um, so like, you know, three covers in a year and all that's doing pretty that's, good. That's amazing. Yeah, it? yeah. So... Um, so yeah anyway but i think it's i think that's inevitable too you know like how did that conversation go down like oh it's just a phone call and actually i was in the middle of filming one month on the moon 
and we'll, we'll get back to how that started but um when you asked me before but uh so i was actually driving to hoy's place to shoot the bit with him matt hoy the famous yeah. matt hoy yeah yeah the hoy and uh so anyway, I thought I'm doing this really good job. I'm getting like Ross Clark Jones, Hoy, Ando, you know, getting all these Quicksilver guys in. Um, so anyway, I'm literally driving down Hoy's street and team manager calls and, and tells me, you know, there's no, um, there's no money for you next year, basically. So I said, okay, well, um, is there a contract or something? He goes, no, there's no contract. So as in not even merchandise? Yeah, 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 pretty it's much. Just completely like... Well, he said, oh, we'll, we'll hook you up with stuff, but there's no contract. And um, and I just said, yeah, no worries, and hung up the phone, <laughs> pretty much. Well, you just copped it on the chin. Yeah, I was like, well, fuck, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah. I, so I said, he just... I said, say nothing. There's no money, no contract. He goes, yeah. So I said, all right, cheers, and hung up. <laughs> and that was it. I was so you, pissed what, off. What were your yeah. thoughts following that? Like, were, were, um, did, was it scary? Like, scaring knowing that you're like, you're suddenly just pretty much you've lost your job. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It was it was weird. I was pretty. I was rattled. Super rattled. So it was it was Jimmy Kinnaird who I made one month on the moon with sitting next to me in the car. So just the two of us, you know, gone from you know, going to Hoy's house to shoot this scene, just high on life, we're making this movie, to like, fuck, you got no job. There's no money coming in next month, you know. Um, so basically, I had a little moment in the street and then pretty much, you know, rolled my sleeves up and knocked on Hoy's door and shot the scene. Yeah. You're kidding me. And, that, and that's <laughs> a scene where you're looking so, for the, the spaceship? Yeah, well, Hoy, Hoy took the spaceship crashed? to the pub and crashed in the tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did you... So <laughs> it was classic Hoyo, the, the grunge yeah, style. Yeah, yeah, we had to... And, you know, we got there, we had to have a beer and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah. But it was... Yeah, we just, we, we just got on with it. We just kept making the movie, I guess. But I was a bit pissed off because I was like, well, fuck, I would have probably put more mates in it then you know you know not that those guys weren't my mates but i really tried to put the quicksilver team in there you yeah know? so um so anyway yeah how did you come up with the idea of a month on the moon so um jimmy canard had a month free so i think at the time there you go beer number two is going down yeah i haven't finished the first one. Oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> have i only had one um yeah, so, yeah, I think James Kinnaird at the time was working for Rip Curl, doing all their search stuff. And uh, so I guess I guess Matt Wilco got him the gig. And and uh, so he had a month off that and he's, he just got on my case. He's like, Moon, let's go. Let's go film. I've got a month off. I'm not going to do nothing. Let's just go shoot. I want to shoot with you for a month. I'm like, fuck, all right, let's, let's do it. So I think... I think we'd been we went to Indo for a couple of weeks maybe with Laurie Towner. That's yeah. that's how we got Laurie's Oh no, actually Laurie that would have been after. I think the first trip we went to Shipstones. Yeah. And got absolutely skunked. Like it was flat. Wasn't even breaking. So I went down there with um I think it was with Kirby Brown and Zahn Foxton, actually. And uh and uh what's his name? Greg, big wave from the states. 
Can't think. <laughs> Don't ask me. I'm thinking Greg Long. And I'm like, Greg is- Long. Greg oh, Long. Oh, really? Greg Long was there with, um, with yeah, a few other guys and whatever, and it was just flat. You know, I surfed this inside ledge, like behind Shipstones, you know, where you see it gurgling and all that. Like, yeah. I, I caught waves on that just, just for a laugh and and whatever. And, and Greg actually got one. I saw one wave break all day, probably like eight, ten footer, and, and Greg just sat there staunch as just... just focused on the horizon wait, waiting for this wave so i've come all this way i'm gonna get yeah one pretty much yeah and fuck massive respect like he sat there for so long and um myself and zan and kirby just whinged in the boat and we're like this is fucked and whatever and he, he actually got a good wave um and then we went back to the boat ramp i actually swam yeah there's this whole other story with seals and stuff it's not that exciting really but <laughs> but, <laughs> but um yeah, yeah, we got back to the boat ramp and um, every time a boat would come past, there's like this kind of sandbank which you'd just launch off the sand and uh, these perfect left barrels would sort of reel down the bank, like just, just the best wake barrel you've ever seen and um, there'll sea seagulls walking through it. So anyway, Jimmy's filming it and then didn't think much of it. Oh, no, actually, we're, 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 we're into it. You know, this is like the most exciting thing that happened all day kind of thing. Apart from swimming Just like the these perfect left-handers that look yeah. like they're huge but going past yeah, seagulls exactly. at the they're, same they're time. Yeah, exactly. They're like these long slabby things but reeling for ages. So this bank kind of curves and then we just launch the boat straight off this kind of sand flat. Yeah. And then it just sort of drops straight down. Um, so anyway, then there's seagulls walking through it. And then we're kind of going like, whoa, it looks like there's these giant seagulls in the lineup. And, you know, and then later we watch the footage and we, and it just kind of happened like it just i don't know we just spiraled out of control on this idea um of these giant waves but oh these waves with these giant seagulls in there and then somehow like we didn't even write a script so we went to bali and then um i think that's when we were watching the footage we're like whoa just tripping out on it look at that giant waves you know sorry giant birds in this lineup and then somehow the idea came about that we had to get to this planet to surf this wave where there's these giant seagulls and we just like just ran with it and so that became the movie idea where you had to train yeah so there's a month on the moon is basically what you surfing um different places around Mm. australia and around indonesia Mm -hmm. yeah and to train to surf this giant left-hander yeah, yeah. And, the, and, and we only had four weeks to film it, so that's why it's one month on the moon. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so yeah, the idea came about, okay, so I've got, to, I've got to train up to go surf this giant wave. And then we're like, oh, maybe we have to get the magic wax from um, Matt. What's it, what's it called? Mad Wax. Mad Wax. Yeah, yeah, the old, the old movie with Ross Clark Jones. So, at this stage, we hadn't even spoke to Ross. And... Uh, um, Brad Gerlach was staying at our mate Brad Masters' place in Indo. Brad Masters, this photographer, and uh, actually he's like this full CrossFit dude now. Anyway, I haven't spoken to him for years, but but uh, so anyway, this whole whole movie revolved around me training to go to this other planet, surf this left, and we had to get the wax off Ross so we could, you know, wax the board and fly to this other planet. So it'd be like, yeah, special wax that'll work on the other planet. Yeah, well, you know, in, in Mad Wax, how they have to wax the board and they say, I forget yeah. what they say, but they take me to and they like fly to Aussie Pipe or something. Yeah. 
And uh, so anyway, we grabbed Gerlach and we're like, do you want to shoot a scene in our movie? We had no idea storyline or anything. So we're just like, okay, well, let's just make something up. We didn't even make it up. We're like, when can you shoot? When can you shoot? He's like, tomorrow. We, we rock up tomorrow. Are you keen to shoot? Ah, oh, I'm busy. I'm busy tomorrow. So then today, that the day, he's like, yeah, yeah, I can do it now. I'm like, fuck, what, what are we going to do? So I just literally got a bit of paper, wrote down some lines. It's just the quickest thing I could think of. And uh, and that scene, that we just shot that scene 10 minutes later. Yeah. And that, that's how we did the whole <coughs> movie. So any, anyone we came across, like Laurie came with us to Java after that. And that, that was actually the end scene. So pretty much the first waves we got were the final surf section um so then just on the spot we grabbed laws and and we just pieced it together and we just did this whole thing we, like we were we were telling Gerlach, yeah yeah ross clark jones is in the movie you know that's what we're telling everyone that ross is doing this scene this we've scene. already shot it with him you know ross starts the movie and we hadn't even talked to ross where did the spaceship come into it but to get to get to the faraway planet well i think we just we thought that'd be funny to like edit flying off in a spaceship you know i think jimmy was playing around with editing stuff and um figured out we could make things fly away and all that kind of stuff and and just thought it'd be funny yeah yeah Th- thought it'd be funny to wrap where, me in foil where is this movie now like how how can people see it um i think surfline years ago broke it down and put it in in scenes on in their YouTube. website yeah i don't know if it's on, it's in youtube or their own player but it didn't really like no one knew it was on there so um so remember didn't you get it with um waves you got it with waves yeah yeah and we actually we went to surfing world first to vaughn blakey he's like yeah 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 i'll run it i'll run it and and he watched it and i don't know if he knew what to make of it you know i I thought he might i thought it was a bit too weird or something so then we weren't kind of getting the vibe from him that he wanted it because at the time we just thought surfing world was the best magazine you know thought they were doing the best stuff so we went there first um yeah got a got a weird vibe that he wasn't really keen on it so then we went to waves um and they jumped on it straight away but then doug lees who was i guess the um main editor at surfing world at the time rang us up he's like yeah we want your movie we want it like pretty much said you know vaughn cooked it and i'm i'm stepping in here we want this thing it's like and he's just praising it most unique thing i've seen in years and yet we want it what do we have to do to get it i'm like look we've just we just shook hands with the guys at waves um you know i can't i can't really renege on that because vaughn kind of do you you make money out of these movies no we didn't make a cent no i I think i spent self-advertisement yeah, Anything. I think I just wanted to make movies. Yeah, yeah. Like it's all I want to do now is make surf movies. Yeah, just, are you still just thinking of stuff gets in the way? But the, the surf movies that you're still thinking about now, you're still thinking about having them themed and acting in it. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, because that that uniqueness. That's that's why it was like one of my favorite movies when it came out. Mm. Even though I knew you, it was just it was just hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It was. I I was going to do another one, and I haven't actually talked to. Um, um toby about it but uh you know toby and creed and those guys did um ripped no it had a really weird name mr (laughs) i want to say mr magoo but but creed Creed was like yeah yeah yeah. Mm. um getting a bit tired from the day but 
God, what was it called? Nick's Nick's Nick Nooley. Oh, yeah. yeah, I haven't even seen it to be honest. Um, I probably should, but I think it's online now. Yeah, but those but anyway, guys. That's the thing. Like these guys are all doing something different, and that's what's so interesting. And it's like well, the people going outside the box. I'll tell you something, and I haven't talked to Toby about it. We were Mikey Brenner and I were on the piss in Byron one night. Like we were we were, we were loose, you know. We kind of sent it. And we ended up hanging out with Creed and Toby and, and a few of the guys from Skeggs. And uh, I'm in Toby's ear. I'm like, you know, just maggot, kind of talking shit, but I really wanted to make this movie. I'm like, look, I'm thinking about a movie, Tobes. I I, I want to have this environmental message and blah, blah, blah. But I was thinking like a Burke's Backyard style, you know, how to garden, how to do this. And then everyone has their own kind of section, you know? Yeah. But basically got across to Toby and I could see his mind ticking. I'm thinking, yeah, he, he's on board with this with me. You know, we're going to make this movie. And anyway, I think I inspired the Nick's Nick Nooley because you know how they're saying like the planet's full of rubbish and yeah. and all that stuff. So I haven't actually talked to Toby and say, hey, mate. <laughs> Just claim it on you. Here. I, I think I gave you that idea, eh? Which <laughs> is cool. He, he did it. I didn't do it, you know, kind of doing boards and everything's kind of taken over. But um, But yeah, anyway... Just shaping your own surfboard, is that just a product of um, being dropped as, as getting paid to surf professionally? Was that just a, a natural progression into, into staying in the industry and staying? Yeah, I, yeah, kind of. Like I never started doing it thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to make a job out of making surfboards. I just, it, it just took my interest. Like I guess for years I swore I, I would never do it. I think I was writing for Nirvana Surfboards at the time and uh, after the whole Quicksilver thing, they were kind of hinting at, you know, we want you to shape and, you know, start getting a bit more hands-on and stuff. And I guess listening to Bill Cilia for years, he's like, fuck this, fuck that, just stuck in the factory, you know, it sucks, don't do it. You know, he, he just, I guess like your old, I guess he was probably burnt out at the time. I guess he'd... Yeah. He'd done his whole thing and then, you know, it was not long after, it was not long before that Ace had left him and, he, and everything kind of dissolved and then... Was that his wife? No, no, Ace, Ace Bucken. Oh, Ace Bucken. Yeah, so he had like, team. A, yeah, yeah, he had like <laughs> okay. Ace, Ace Bucken, Dave Nelson, you know, it, yeah. a host of crew, you know, um, Shane Powell back in the day and, and yeah, heap, heaps of others, older ones, you know, for years, but... um. So I think he'd kind of done it all and, you know, he was kind of winding down. So all I heard of, I think he's over it, you know. Yeah. And then anyway, the, these investors came on board and they were kind of in my ear and I think he wasn't sure, he wasn't totally agreeing with them and, you know, so all I heard was all this negative stuff about it. And then I think just naturally, as a lot of guys are who surf, you know, you get interested in boards. Or I think I kept coming to the conclusion that, when I'm the happiest, I've got good, a good board or I've got heaps of boards, you know, a yeah. lot of different boards to ride or, you know, that's that's pretty much what's making me tick. So, um, so anyway, I started building, I was living at my mum's at the time, started building shaping stands and my mate Joel Dembeston, who, who lives in Sweden now and surfs flat out over there, pretty pretty cool i know him yeah I check it is. i think yeah. he's, i think his instagram's jdb or yeah, he J girl. yeah 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 exactly he, who well, he is man when i was chasing the qs at the start he met a chick but over there and um 
He's doing just well. Didn't, when I was didn't doing come all back. the Arctic surfing stuff, I went um, to Sweden after, and yeah, my yeah. my mates tried to hook me up with him. Yeah, but I was only there for five days, so I left. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's he's a legend. Just top top guy. He's a chippy and working on all these like kids TV shows over there, building sets and things. And um, but surfs flat out over there. Yeah, yeah. I think he. I think he's actually the Swedish surfing champion. Yeah, he's the first pro <laughs> yeah. surfer there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's another guy who's like a pro surfer. So I don't know if he's getting any money but i think he's been taking out the swedish tour or whatever they have over there which yeah. is pretty cool so um there's a couple of dudes hanging out on the weekend yeah <laughs> well it's not many man was, yeah it's still it's a cool claim yeah and he when he comes out he gets a few boards each time and goes back so that's pretty cool but um so where are we where, where are we going yeah, with that you coming into shaping yeah so anyway he he showed me pretty much i was like didn't know how to use a power tool at that stage he showed me how to, you know, you know, use use um, drop saws and all this stuff, and just made the bulkiest, chunkiest shaping stands you've ever seen. You know, they're like, you know, a foot wide in the trunk of it yeah. in the stands kind of thing, and like, you know, sturdy as. And um, before I even got to use them, the guys from Nirvana, like I'd I'd got a job as a stonemason with a guy who I did a bit of work. Um, with years previously sort of in between SMP and Quicksilver. And uh, so I was just banging rocks and I was just over it, you know, just, yeah. just, it was just shit, you know. Oh, it, was, it was all right, but just lifting rocks every day and, you know, it's like caveman kind of work, bolster and chisel. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, before I got to use the stands, the guys from Nirvana said, look, do you want to come over and shape? And I was just like, fucking oath, let's, yeah, send me over. Um so I grabbed my chick at the time. We went over there for three months and um, really cool. I've got to thank those guys so much for, for giving me a start because they just chucked me in a shaping bay and just pretty much said go for it. They had a, um, a guy there sort of shaping for them and designing for the US side of stuff and he pretty much showed me how to hold a planer and how to cut a board out and then I just, just went for it. Did you fall in love with it? Like is it a passion for you, would you say? Yeah, yeah I loved it because I... I was always so critical of boards when I got them, you know, off, yeah. off shapers. I'd always, you know, and I didn't really realize it till later, but I'd always, I'd either be like, like super rattled be like, this thing looks shit, you know, I guess like everyone is um, when they get a new board, you know, or, or you're like, whoa, this thing looks amazing. This is turning me on kind of thing. So it's like any you know any surfer <laughs> it's turning you, me on yeah yeah, yeah you, you know, just feel it you just feel it under your arm you yeah, know it's gonna work got, that thing you've just shaped me it's like i, I yeah. just look at that and i know it's gonna be so much fun yeah i'm, you know I'm what proud I mean? of that thing actually the tim and tony yeah yeah um <laughs> focus mate <laughs> yeah um yeah but you you know it no matter if you do or don't know about design as a surfer i think you've got this subliminal this thing in your subconscious of what you've written that works you know so you've kind of locked in well that worked and that looks like that you know so you've subconsciously you've built up your own design uh, or your own kind of um thoughts of what you think a good design is or or what what makes you tick as a surfer how does it feel when you when you've shaped a board for yourself and then it just goes insane yeah that's that's the pinnacle yeah connect connectivity that you have to it yeah yeah it's it's just it's just pure joy i guess there's no no two ways about it like especially when um 
especially when you've sort of worked on a shape and and you might have made some changes that you know or you're stuck on a benchmark yeah and you know it could be better but you you made a few changes that probably went the wrong way which is always good because that's that's learning like it's like my first boards were like went pretty good for myself and then it took a long time to sort of get back to that if that makes sense yeah i get exactly what you mean yeah because once i started learning more i was like trying more things because i thought i knew you know but i only like i've i've kind of done the full circle and gone back to back to what i thought was this perfect board but with but actually understanding it now and that's just understanding okay well if i go this far with this curve that's too much or or vice versa and, and understanding okay well i like the look of this bit straighter here because that makes it slide up the face into the pocket better yeah. or it you know it it doesn't catch there or whatever and how often are you getting to surf like um, being a shaper now like not getting paid full on to are you getting paid to surf right now no no so your sponsors no, I'm paying is, just, the bills. is just merchandise yeah just just product and stuff yeah, yeah yeah but it's cool they're they're all still really supportive like um globe and and fcs and uh adilio wetsuits like they've all yeah been been so cool you know even yeah. even when i've had times when i'm just in the factory for months on end just really focusing on the business or or in the past where i've been laboring or whatever um yeah those guys are stuck by me which is which is really cool yeah yeah that's yeah. an amazing company to have yeah to have that yeah but how are you funding because you're still okay so you're shaping your own boards mm-hmm. you're shaping boards for other people mm-hmm. so you've got your company serpent sleds it is yep. it is now mm-hmm. how are you funding because you're still chasing big waves you're still bouncing around the country yeah well chasing. i haven't i haven't heaps lately in the last few years i've really just sort of focused on um you know dialing in the shapes and just sort of surfing around here with with you know a couple of key sort of swells each year um and then also like structuring the business i find that has been you know well design design's been the biggest learning curve because it's just you know you think you know and then it's like holy shit you just open up a whole another can of worms and then yeah your understanding gets deeper and deeper and i just i don't know if that's going to stop kind of thing um, and having a business mind that's so hard yeah and then and then that side the business side's been the other big learning curve and i guess like i guess a, a struggle at times too because you're trying to structure it or there's like there's probably you know 18 months two years there where i was just constantly restructuring it's like hey well i'll get glasses in i'll get everyone in and then i'll just push the business or then shit and i'll go back to doing everything myself or i'll outsource everything and i just design or you know so it's like you don't you don't really know the perfect formula yeah like it kind of looks good on paper and then you try it and you're like oh hang on holy shit i'm i'm losing money hand over a fist here or like that's just you know this other factory is not keeping up with my demand so so the boards aren't coming out so i'm not getting paid that week you know so you so to try and for me trying to get the business streamlined like i was taking big hits of money here and there so um so that that's been you know interesting exciting testing you know all all of the above yeah so what i'm what i'm so interested in now what the the thing that really confuses me about you is that (laughs) 
It, oh fuck, man! Since I You're first, not the first person you, to say that, <laughs> it really confused me about you. How You're an absolute weirdo! How you can chase these big swells that you do, or how you be able to push yourself over the edge? Mm. It's like, do you understand that your wide different? Or like, what is it? <clears throat> go, take me through when yeah. you see a swell on the charts. Say you see a, a swell at Ships Turns. That seems to be a place where you've really made a name for yourself. Mm. Ships Turns down in Tasmania, which is this crazy giant wave with a big step in it how would you describe um ship sterns um ship sterns is it's probably i i i think the most daunting wave around um you know looking at the shape of it with with the steps and all that kind of stuff especially in a big period when there's uh, further in between each swell line you know that's when the the power is yeah well it's when the trough gets lower so the longer the seconds of the swell which means you know you know a swell it can be a 15 second swell it means the the peak of each wave is 15 seconds apart um so the longer that is it creates more steps because in between the waves it drains out more <laughs> so like yeah ship stones on a big period swell is like you know that you got the right and you got these other big slabs and stuff which are just huge scale and i guess force of sucking up the face but i think i think ship stones can just look ugly you know it's like shit is there even a line into that wave kind of thing do, do um, people chase it for those long period swells to get more steps because i can't oh, even imagine that yeah, step people having that do. step people do and to be honest i don't like i i'd rather i'd rather it be really big and and a smaller period where you can actually thread a, thread a 15 foot pit not go down a 15 foot staircase kind of thing like yeah, I I I prefer to enjoy the wave, not like you know. Full do you, do you train for it when you see? Like, are you training? Like nah. most guys with big waves, they're nah, training. I've never never trained ever. No. So how do you cop a big big um, wipeout like that? Like if you don't make that wave, yeah. that is a huge wave with so much power. <laughs> it's cold water. Yeah. It's wild. That's raw country down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's pretty like yeah. The cold water feels harder too. Like you so, said yeah. earlier, like. On your way to to surface swell, you're scared. Yeah, yeah. What's what's going through your mind? You've seen that swell there. Well, you know you're on there. Is it just is it just goosebumps? Or are you literally scared? No, I'm pretty scared. Yeah, yeah. I can't relax. Like I I just yeah, in my mind is going through like bad scenarios. Like I'm I'm freaking out a bit. Yeah. So why yeah. are you going to do it? Um, like I'm almost more scared of not doing it. If that makes sense, like. Like, um, like if you see that a big, if you see this huge <laughs> seems wave, so weird. yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I'm, some, I think I'm more scared not to go, basically, like to and missing it, opportunity. It's my own pressure. Yeah, yeah. Um, does that fear let go once you paddle out there, or is it just as? I kind of, I kind of lose the fear a, a bit once I see it, because then I can make a plan of attack of how I'm going to ride the wave. Um, but there, there's definitely been times when the fear's worse. When I see it, it's like, fuck, it's it's pretty big today, you know. Um, and you're still yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah I got some weird thing where it's like, I don't know. I I have to take it on for some reason. I, like I have to tackle it. Do, do you think it's like stupid. proving itself, proving yourself? Maybe, to like- maybe. But it's like I just, it's like more of a fear of. You know, I'll go home more rattled if I don't have a go, if that yeah. makes sense. But 
yeah i I think i've learned to like like i've always had a thing in my mind it's like well if i'm if i'm first in line and a set comes and i can't see an entry into it like i don't have to go you know what i mean i'm i'm not going to go something that i can't see an entry but then so you don't let your ego drive you too much in those situations has that yeah does that happen like you see a big wave coming it's your turn and you've not gone but some sometimes i do like i think the first first time i was down there it was was pretty cool just sitting there with mark matthews and i think parko and i just decided the next big wave that comes i'm just going to spin i'm I'm going to go regardless yeah i just so the whole time i'm sitting i just sat there silent had you got a wave yeah, yeah, I'd had some waves, but I don't think I'd paddled like a like a huge one yet. So I just the whole time I just sat there silent. I was picturing a giant wave on the horizon, and then, it, you know, in my mind when I saw that giant wave, I was like, I was sort of flinching to just turn and go, and yeah. then I'd picture it over and over again. So I felt like I was you know, like I was getting crazy adrenaline because I was I felt like I was actually. Doing living it. that moment of deciding okay fuck it i'm i'm turning and i'm going and then when the set came i just turned and went like, it was like i'd practiced it 20 times in those 10 minutes before it came kind of thing so like so sometimes i just do that it's kind of stupid but <laughs> no well but, I, th- yeah. I think everyone just has strategies to get them over to push themselves and you have yeah, this strategy yeah. yeah but but now like now i'm better at like maintaining that kind of readiness to go um but but being more calculated yeah like going okay well if it's a big one i'm ready to look at it but if i don't if i can't see a line down it or an entry like i'm I'm not going to go have you had some close calls yeah like i always get too big for my boots and and you know i'll i'll get a big one and then i'm all pumped up and then i then i get more trigger happy so i start going 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 and then i get fucked up and it's like whoa okay pull your head in what's the what's yeah. the worst wipeout you've ever had Could you, are you um probably i've had two that like like really scared me yeah yeah so um so one at ship sterns and, and one at ours and both times just 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 being a hero just just getting i guess just getting high on it you know you, you get a big one and and it feels so good it's so exciting You're like all right well fuck i want another one i want to feel that again so you just you're just high on adrenaline so you you want to go bigger and bigger and bigger and take off later and yeah. push it more and push it more so like and, and, and when everything's rolling your way you never foresee anything bad happening because everything's just yeah connecting. and and you do you get you get on a roll because you you become more confident you um hesitate less yeah. you know and and you feed off that and and it works like you get better and better but there's a point where it's like that's not physically possible you know or or there's a bump in the wave you don't know that's going to come up or it steps a bit too hard or you know so you yeah you can only push it to a point you know um but yeah so one at shipstones i i started getting this thing in my head like you know it was really toe heavy at the time and i was like well fuck it's, I, I think what Corey of, Lopez. Do you got, mean tow heavy, as in a lot of jet skis out there? Well, or you had to tow it; you couldn't paddle it. Yeah, you had to tow. You couldn't. You couldn't paddle the sets like it's that big, you know. Um, I mean, I, th- I think you probably could some of them because um, it does. Shipstones does give you an entry, and 
is kind of like a double ledge so you can sort of get in on the back ledge before you go through the ledge that steps oh i'm i'm freaking out just thinking about it yeah but it is like it can be easier than you think because it's like so they're two ledges they're stage you've got the inside one is the one that steps and that that steps like a horseshoe yeah and then there's the back one so the back one you know you can take off on anything from eight to twelve foot and sometimes you do drop out of the lip but because it's not like a flat bottom barrel on that ledge you actually land on a down ramp yeah and then the next ledge that horseshoes and steps actually swings back like can and swing. that's the famous footage one yeah yeah exactly so well they, they no, become I, one i think i remember seeing a cover of you airdropping that yeah don't know uh, yeah or, maybe or maybe a quickie post i think yeah but yeah i mean everyone airdrops it that's yeah, yeah. but so you said so the back ledge you can drop into that and you land land on a down ramp and then you go over the step. So I know that sounds really technical, but it's like a normal wave dropping in late, like like any normal steep wave. It doesn't yeah. have a crazy step. It doesn't like go flat bottom square. You can land, airdrop onto that, go down smoothly and then do like a small step because the, the deeper you are, the smaller the step is, right? Yeah. Um, so is this one of the waves that you're actually trying to go deeper and deeper so you don't get such a big step? Yeah, yeah. So you you almost fade left to go around the step. Like, so when you see guys do, like, there's, there's some classic ways of Ryan Hipwood where he's like falling out of the sky, yeah. but it, it's it's really because they've gone too high on the line. They, they've gone too far to the shoulder, so they've got to do a big step. So you, you have really, to kind of fight your instinct with that. Like what yeah, a normal way yeah. to do. You fight it to yeah, kind of anticipate like what's going to happen. Everyone's thinking like. I want you know you want to get to the channel but it's not the safest line you know but then then you've also got the barrel section from the first ledge which can come across so there's sometimes you don't have a choice you have to take on the step full on you know which is probably the classic one a hippo he's probably had to go wide you know so so then you have to do this giant step onto this flat bottom you know it's, it's difficult yeah so anyway um with the stack um I think Corey Lopez like towed some crazy ones at Chopes with no straps and I was like, well, fuck it. The next level is towing with no straps. So we're just towing on short boards, like 511, 6.0 short boards um, with no straps, trying to take on the step with no straps, yeah. And so the, do you, you don't want a really big board for that step? So you nah, can nah, hand, yeah, you nah, need to be able to handle it. Yeah, depending what time you hit it, it can be like a one foot to six foot sucky slabby kind of wave yeah yeah but the thing is with the step it doesn't um it's not like a clear cut water that goes straight up the face because it horseshoes there's actually water going like up in the middle of it but then on the sides of the that horseshoe shaped step the water's kind of going sideways off that ledge yeah so it kind of like mushrooms out if that makes sense going up towards the face so so you think it's doing something, but then as your fins go off the step, it like kicks your board sideways. Yeah, so you kind of like you, you really want straps. How scared are you when this happens? Yeah, well, well, you think you, you're like, oh, I've got this, I've got this. And then it kicks you and then you've got to like, you know, tweak your back like a, like a cat dropped upside down in the air and, you know, do the body wobble to try and get back on and balance. And these are huge, huge waves and massive con- consequences. Yeah, well... If, if you come off on that, do you hit the bottom there? Because it's, it's yeah, it breaks you, right in front of that rock. Yeah, you can. Like, guys do, but it's it's more the force of water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's like, 
you know, huge chunks of water going in different directions. Like it twists your back, it pulls your arm this way. Like you, yeah, like you, it feels like you can really snap you in half. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so basically, I I just got too too excited towing without straps and got a few good ones and just thought, you know, I'm I'm killing it. I'm I'm the man here. And uh, and went off and it did exactly that. It just took my board sideways and I went straight with no board and pin drop. So I would have been better if I just skimmed along. But because I still think my board should have been there, I just fully pin dropped and just got stuck in the face. So I was just in like still clear water going over the falls. So how would you normally want to fall? Like if you know you're not going to make it, how would you make yourself fall? Oh, you just want to roll. Yeah, you just want to roll. You want to body surf it as long as you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then the lip breaks and fills up the barrel and then you just get rolled around kind of thing. Like you you probably still go over. But if you pin drop mid-face, you can be like right in the forefront of that lip, you know, in the first three, four meters of that lip. Yeah, and that's what's... That's the huge force, like hitting that flat water. So, like, some water's going one way, some water's going the other way. You know, so that's you don't want your body in that. Um, yeah. So, so you pin drop. So I pin dropped and went straight over. And, so it's um, picked you up in this huge lift. How big are we talking? Yeah, it's pretty big. It's probably you know fifteen foot plus kind of thing. And, and oh my! And so this big, as cute, it is. this powerful thing has picked yeah, your yeah. your body up, man. Yeah, and thrown you over this ledge. Yeah, and you know, well, you know yourself being a surfer. You know, if you're going over in a still bit of water, you're like, shit, I'm I'm in the lip here. Like yeah. this, this water's not moving. It's a clean chunk of water, flying. You know, yeah. like it's it's almost a tranquil moment. But you're like, okay, disaster's coming. Yeah, and I kind of. I sort of wriggled around and then I was going down feet first. Um, and like guys do it and I've done it before and it's, it's been okay. You might, you might just be in a chunk that stays consistent and goes through the water. But it's like my body was in between um, where the lip was going down and then the still water was seemed like it was coming up or just sitting there and, and this chunk of water was going past it. And uh, it was like... I guess it was like going through, you know, like the boat rollers yeah. that, that you roll your boat up. I guess it was like my body was like twisting in and out, going over one, under one, over one, under one, like that. So it like ricocheted my body like and, and felt like it just snapped my back. And it was just, I don't know, like everything hurt and kind of felt like I sort of broke my body. But Were just, you able to get a breath before you got... No, no, I was just straight in and just straight in a chunk of water. Um, probably not explaining it as, as gnarly as it felt, but I just felt so um, so ragdolled. I felt like if, if my upper part of my body was like a little bit more one way and I got stuck in that chunk of water, like I just felt like I would have been torn in half, you know. So it was a real like, you know... <laughs> fucking put some straps in mate or you know you know pull your head in pick waves a bit better kind of thing what's going on in your mind underwater here like your body's just getting ripped apart you're being held under are you in your mind are you thinking you might drown here in your mind are you thinking you might get knocked out in your mind are you thinking you're going to yeah. come out of severe well, injury what well, it's, it's you'd probably know you know when you get hit by by your board or something you're still underwater you're still getting thrown around you don't know the severity of it you don't know shit like is my back broken yeah. can can i move it like so there's those moments of like shit have i if i really cooked it here yeah um so yeah and then it was all good but I, but i remember that it just really rattled me because i just 
felt the full force and I just felt so close to, you know, like breaking my back is what it felt like. Yeah. Shit. And, um, yeah, and one time at ours too, same thing. It was like a really north day. So, and I saw, you know, I heard of Perth Stanley from, I think yeah. he lives in Bondi. Yeah. There. Um, like absolutely charges out there. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good surfer. But, uh, so I watched him get one just before and, uh, it was so north, like it, like it was draining across the shelf and then draining off the back of the reef, probably going down about two feet. And then he's surfing in the bowl, like two feet under the reef along the back of it. So he's had to like horseshoe around the reef in this like eight foot, you know, hours barrel, like as thick as waves get. Yeah. Pretty much unloading onto, you know, a foot of water. And uh, so anyway, I got a couple, I guess they were like that. And then Mikey Brennan was towing me back out and quite a big one came through. And I was, I was just screaming at him to flick me in. And because it was draining down so much, you couldn't... So on the jet ski to flick you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're halfway back out on the ski and the guys out the back had missed it. Kind of snuck in from the north. Yeah. So like when you're towing in, you sit on the south side. So you can miss ones that come in from the other angle. And uh, because it's draining so far down below the reef, you can't actually take a line in coming straight. You, ha- you have to get whipped across it with speed. Otherwise, you can't ride the wave. So I kind of got towed in from the shoulder and tried to cut back onto the line. So sort of heading in towards the wave to the left and then cut back then to the come, right. Yeah. And as I cut back to the right, it, it was just drawing so hard off the reef. And you're losing your speed too. Yeah, all, all I could do was go straight. So I, had, I was just going straight in the wave and not going anywhere. And then it broke in front of my, the nose of my board, like, like way in front of it. It was... So it broke over you and crashed in front of you. Yeah, yeah. And like ours can be kind of wider than it is high. So it sort of did that. And because I was taking a straight line, I just sat on my ass in the barrel and just went straight over. (gasps) I I wasn't skimming in the barrel. And um, straight over, just body slammed like like severely on my back, you know, back and shoulders. and, And lucky my head didn't hit the bottom. And like in that flash of, hitting the bottom i remember everything flashed before my eyes like my girlfriend at the time my family my (gasps) dog like all my responsibilities that i was leaving if i just broke my back like in that in like a split second and um it was just just a huge reality check that i was i I just got too excited i just got thought i got too many way like i got too many good ones thought i was invincible you know what happened when you did you did you also think that you might drown like your breath hold Nah, it was more just my body, just yeah. just the sheer force of like hitting the bottom. So could you hard, swim? Yeah. Like, could you come up? Could can I yeah, can't I, even imagine uh, people being able to get to you on a ski. Yeah, well, you in, in that yeah, wave. you kind of can get flushed up the rocks, but a lot of most of the time it flushes you into the channel. But the just the thought was like, you know, in those moments getting rolled around after, I was trying to check if I could move my body, and you you can't tell and, until you kind of stop. So yeah, so that was like. That, that's probably the worst one i mean i've had they're, they're probably the biggest wake-up calls but when you came yeah. out of that into yeah. the channel what did you do did you just sit there like could you move your body where you sore? yeah you no I, I could move and and was really sore and then sort of sat on the ski with mikey for a bit and and you know told him all about it said like that i'm pretty rattled that freaked me out my life just flashed before my eyes and like i want to just chill out for a minute do you want to tow and um, 
I think he was over it. He's like, no, nah, nah. <laughs> he wasn't into it. Yeah, because no. it was pretty, pretty gnarly day. He, After he ended these up telling, moments, when you have these moments and these big wipeouts, does it yeah. take your confidence down a bit? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's it's a reality check. So it um it it puts you back into line and and reminds you, okay, well, you can't just you can't just get every set the way you want. You you got to you know mother nature's the boss and you've got to respect that and so it humbles and, you and ta- oh massively yeah it's, you, it's, you got to tackle it the only way you can only way possible kind of thing it's so yeah. funny it's the same with um when i talk to mountaineers and everything they're that same thing it's you yeah. know you can't have your ego in there mm. you know mm. because mm. as soon as you do that will happen as soon as you oh, do man. try and be that big big dog because you can't Swats control you it. every time yeah 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 how do you go with your yeah. breath hold when you're getting do you do you have um do you have like if you're copying a really big hold down do you have like a thing that goes through your through your head like through the moments of no, how to relax no. or like what do you do like say like you cop a solid hold down you wipe out for the people that aren't surfers but like yeah you're held um, underwater and ragdolled around by these big waves what do you say to say to yourself because I, I try and relax i try and relax and yeah. just go through it and but i've always got a panic point and i hit that yeah you do yeah it, yeah, yeah totally um no i don't but I love. Um, have you seen Ross Clark Jones's one in? I think it's Storm Surfers movie or when he gets held under and he goes to the disco or he's on the dance floor. Have you seen that? No. It's oh, it's epic. So, so they goes do to this, a different realm. They do this edit and and they pretty much ask him the same question. You know what what goes through your head? And he's like, yeah, I just I'm just in the nightclub. So he goes, he stacks underwater, and they cut to him on the dance floor just. Until he comes up and then he comes out of the dance floor and he's... Sorry, he comes out of the dance floor and he's in his weddy and in the ocean, you know, so... Yeah. But, yeah, I don't really have anything like that. I just find... I just, I find the first stacks always the hardest. Yeah. And I feel like that kind of gets the lungs going and... Yeah. I don't know. I feel like... Because I, I find it so like, weird because I've talked to big wave surfers before yeah. and they've all, they train, they've got strategies, yeah. they've got breath yeah. hold strategies. Mike Stewart, like, he was on the yeah. podcast and he's talking about oh, his he's breath into hold. It, hey. yeah. yeah, and yeah. like breathing up in between sets. Yeah. And then I meet guys like you and you're like, no, nah, just take off. I just go for it. <laughs> just yeah. like, I, just get I, mean, I mean, I should, but it might, might make me too confident, <laughs> too big for my boots. Hey? That already happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I just think it's mental. I think mental is going to prevail over anything you know like i think if that gives you a mental edge and confidence that's that's perfect you know do you but, try and sell yourself up and get mental get crazy like in your head and be like oh fucking god i can do this like before you're about to throw yourself over a ledge before you're about to paddle into yeah 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 wave? yeah totally totally psyching like myself you psych up. yourself yeah, up yeah, yeah yeah full on like i'm i'm going through i'm going through the motions of seeing the biggest wave i think i'm ever going to see and um you know getting the confidence to turn and go so i'm psyching myself up for that moment of commitment you know to be yeah. like fuck it i'm gonna go yeah and do you tell yourself because I, I tell myself too in those situations yeah. you've got to commit 100 yeah, percent. once yeah, you turn it's yeah. all commitment and it and it comes and goes you know you I, you've got to just do it from the start of the session you i feel like i can't go in sort of gingerly and build confidence i've got to be on you know like ready to go a big wave with an entry yeah you know because because if i miss one opportunity and i think shit i could have actually got that wave then then i start losing confidence 
yeah, yeah right. that's when I start going shit. So and you've I actually, start, yeah, if I'm taking every opportunity, like I, I'm, I'm good. I can build and I can maintain that. But as soon as I, as soon as I like miss one or um, don't commit on a set where I could have, where I feel like I could have got an entry, I, I start going downhill a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, st- I start to lose it. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. It, it goes. It comes in. Like it's not always there, but um, yeah, it depends how you're feeling. And I think you you burn out on it too. Like, but is that just how you challenge yourself? Like, even in my own life, like if I haven't done anything challenging or crazy or wild for a while, I, like I feel like I have to. You become more ready for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you I need, become I need more to willing. Go put myself out of my comfort zone here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's how I feel at the moment. I feel like I've been in this factory so much and designing boards, and like also I feel like like the step up is the model i uh, sorry the semi guns the model i ride out there and i feel like that's at a point where you know i don't know if i'm gonna make it any better or whatever i'll probably like still you're so confident you, with that board like yeah you, you've refined it so yeah, much yeah like i'm i'm i know what it's gonna do i know it's gonna do what i want it to do if i drop late or if i have to knife in or <clears throat> that kind of thing so um so i want i want some waves to yeah. go put it in because i feel like i can do good stuff on it yeah do you remember yeah, that, the that's big confidence yeah do you remember the biggest gnarliest wave you've ever had and that you've made yeah yeah i don't know there's a couple it's always when i'm hanging out with the guys from tassie eh? there's a there's a wave on the east coast yeah wave on the east coast which is probably gnarlier than chip stones yeah um I'd love to, yeah. I've got, I posted one of Marty Paradisus out there on my Instagram years ago, but um, it's just, it it gets huge. Somehow it gets huge on the East Coast. Like it gets our East Coast swirls that push down. I think by the time they get there, they've got such a fetch, they get like 20 foot, you know, even bigger. Um, but it breaks in front of a dry ledge. And um, we had it, had one session out there that was just insane like um i've got a actually got a cover of marty from that day a surfing life cover like a, a fold out and uh that i towed him in i'll never forget looking down and marty's just like fading hard this thing's huge i remember looking down thinking this wave's like 30 foot you know and as he's fading down there's there's just dry reef like just a huge dry patch of reef and he's just fading at it Waiting to pull into a pit that's breaking in front of it. You're kidding me. What yeah, it's man. just, yeah, it's psycho. Yeah. You've probably seen, I don't know if you or anyone listening or whatever follows um, Stu Gibson, but if you scroll through his feed, you probably see some photos. He's got some fisheye photos on smaller days, and there's guys, I think this guy on like a tow board on his backhand, he's like bottom turning, and there's this big dry patch of reef. Um, it's a bit, waves only probably six to eight foot. I mean, still big, but. Um, but you can you can see the setup, yeah. yeah. Did you take but, any waves that day? Yeah, yeah, that day was insane. Yeah, that that's probably the um, pro- like I had to dig pretty deep to catch those waves that day. Yeah. So yeah. what's the feeling when you take off on a wave like that? What run me through that feeling? Well, the the whole the hardest thing is you, the the waters like the waters fucking cold, like freezing cold, and you just you know I remember that day. I don't think I had gloves on. I just had a four three in boots. And we were just, you know, at that stage, just at the peak of us thinking, yeah, you know, we're doing the big wave thing where we just want to, at the end of the day, we want to be on the biggest wave that comes through. And um, 
and all of us were just like super focused, you know. You, you're just sitting and there's like a 15-footer, even bigger, and, and Marty's, you know, driving or I'm driving, vice versa. It's like, you want this one? You know, and the horizon's gone blacked out, you know. It's just like, fuck, this thing's scary. Like, no, like, because you're waiting for a bigger one, you know. And um, and the thing is, you're sitting there in the cold sometimes for like two hours when it's your turn, and you're letting guys get heaps of ways underneath you, but you but you're you know the you know one. there's big ones coming, yeah. And I think the last time, I'm, like I've been in Tassie, like I haven't been like that so much because it's like fuck, I'm just here for the day. I just want to get as many yeah. barrels as I can. But um, guys like Tyler Homacross or both the Homacross brothers, Ty and Jim, um, Danny Griffiths. You know, Mikey Brennan, Marty. Well, Marty's just pretty much chasing the paddle thing, I think. But um, but that, those guys sit for like two hours on the rope. No shit. Just just staying focused on the horizon. You know, just trying to gauge a level of like, no, nah, that's not big enough. Or that's almost there. So and it, what's it like for you when you see that big one? Well, you, you're stiff and cold. You've been sitting there. So this down the East Coast, I think oh, we're doing stints of like like you know minimum an hour between like those donk sets that were coming so you're stiff and cold everything's in you is like i just want to go home and have a warm shower i want to go back to the boat put my towel on eat my lunch hang out with everyone but you're just sitting in the cold water like sometimes the wind's in your face like it's you know it sounds horrible yeah yeah, and you're like trying to stay focused and put that out of your mind to be like "Oh, oh i'm gonna get the biggest wave like yeah so so you kind of, by the time they come, you're feeling totally unprepared and you, you know, you're looking at Marty Paradisus and you're thinking like, well, oh, this guy's gnarly, he's telling me in. And when you're with those guys, like they're obviously pushing you. Like if you see one of these oh, guys yeah. a big one, you're like, oh, I want to get bigger. Yeah, kind of. There's, there's a, it's a really cool scene. Everyone's like genuinely stoked for each other. Yeah. But, but just as competitive, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like healthy competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and everyone's got each other's backs and all that stuff. But um, so you've been sitting for like an hour and a half, say two hours sometimes, no shit. And, you know, you, you, everything's stiffened up, your knees, your ankles, your wrists. And then Marty's like, oh, this is the one, this is the one. You see him, next one. And you just see his face is lit up because he's like, holy fuck, this, is, this thing's huge. And fair enough, you go over it and you just look down this, you look so far down before you look up to the wave you know like they always have this huge trough in front of them yeah yeah it's like you just don't think the ocean can can sort of bend that far and everything in you saying no and you just say yes you're like yep (laughs) and you're just like you're kidding (laughs) and then sometimes i'm halfway in and i'm like like oh my knees are still stiff i'm like i'm not really into this but i'm just doing it and then once you let go of the rope, it just like boom, like you just laser focus because you're like, holy fuck, I'm I got to you, you, you get it die together. If you don't do this, yeah, shit. yeah. But you almost sometimes I have this lardy da moment in between where I'm towing along the flat or in the trough, and I can kind of see the swell, and I'm kind of like, oh, I don't really want to do this. I'm cold and tired, and I'm not. You know, your body's almost a bit relaxed because you kind of you don't have this full body yes of like, yeah, I really want this, which. I mean, on your best surfs and stuff, you do. And I think when you're waiting for waves, like on another note, I've had times and hours where I feel like I can see everyone's over it, but I'm like, yeah, I want the next set. I want the next set, you know, more than anyone and, and you get it. Yeah. 
And there's like Mark Matthews, Dingo, you know, like yeah. good fucking surfers and you get the wave of the day. And and it's clearly because I, I saw they were, they were getting a bit over it, but I maintained that, yeah, I want it. Yeah. But yeah, the, the day on that East Coast, we were sitting for so long just because we wanted these huge waves. Um, yeah, I remember a couple, I was like half-assed into it and then you're seeing this like dry island draining down. You don't really know where you're positioned if you're way too far back because it's like draining off it and the whole thing's going down like six to eight foot below sea level and, this is and just the wave's com- 20 foot. Like, and this is just complete commitment. There is no... Once, you, once well, you're getting into that... Yeah, yeah. You're so... some Like this one session, I had waves where I'm like so cold and tired and over it, but then I'm in that position where it's like, fuck, you just wake up and you just have to take it on because if you... If I relax like I was halfway into the wave, you, you're just going to, you're gone. Yeah. And that, that session I saw Marty like sit on the island on his ass. I think he stacked a wave on the end and then it like washed him back in front of the island. And then from in front of the island, as the swell sucked over into the next wave, it sucked him up onto the island. He's getting dragged along on his ass and uh, he stood up and like this wave was 10 foot and just round and heavy broke behind him on the dry rock. He's standing up on the dry rock and exploded him off it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought he's dead. I was like, holy shit, he's just died, like genuinely freaking out. And um, apparently just shot him off into the channel. Yeah. Do you realize like how often you're close to death with these things? Like if you make a wrong move, like how how quick yeah, well, things that, can get that, crucial? That session, because like, I'd never surfed and I don't think they'd surfed it that big either and having that rock in front of it like but you know like like there's guys like paul morgan and jug and russell ord and and those guys who go all those bombies sort of down esperance and stuff in in wa on the edge of the south or this wa border there like and they're surfing these slabs with dry rocks in front of them like all the time yeah well not all the time but but morgs and jug were pushing it hard so like like you you're rolling the dice with your life yeah it's yeah. pretty so is that why so up. what's the feeling like when you make that wave when you when you've taken that one you've yeah good through that critical good. section what are you feeling <laughs> like when you come out of it because you've just cheated death that's pretty much yeah what there's doing. relief and death. yeah like i think that that surf i'm talking about is like yeah you're sort of toying with it as much as you want you know you're trying to get deep to ride the wave properly and all that, but you, you, you're pretty much telling yourself you're making it. You know, there's no, yeah. there's, there's, you're not giving yourself any other option. Yeah. So even Which, when like something does throw at you, like a little bit of chop or a little bit of a step or something, yeah. you know you're that just commitment so moment. So safety just, stance, ready for you're anything. Just committed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just no. Yeah, you're just gritting your teeth and making it happen. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So it's that. F- Full confidence, because I, I like yeah. I, I've had that yeah, in barrels to. before, where I'm yeah. in a barrel and and get on the foam ball or hit a bit of a bump and do a safety dive, and the next thing you're like, "What the fuck did I do that?" And, and you always no, notice that whenever you do commit fully, yeah, yeah. how probably would have made it. Yeah, how often yeah. you can ride through those bumps or ride through yeah. that stuff when you're feeling Even, confident. Um, when yeah, you, like so many late takeoffs and things where you yeah airdrop and drop up come in under the lip just before it <laughs> yeah well you know you 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 start 100 percent, and then halfway through you just like hesitate or you half let yourself fall but then you yeah. find yourself like in a perfect position on your board but you 
but you've kind of already let go and you're yeah. like, oh, fuck, I, I would have made that easy, but, but my mind didn't yeah. let me do it. Yeah. My last wave in Mexico, second last wave before I busted my knee, mm-hmm. it was Barra de la Cruz and I took off on this bomb up behind the rocks as it ledged and yep. I took off on the lip. It caught yep. me on the lip and... Normally, if I, I was, I was just surfing so good that day, yeah, yeah, and so I was filled with confidence. In tune, yeah. And I just remember getting caught yeah. on the th- lip and thinking, "Oh no, I've got this!" And throwing yeah. my board, I just dropped my board and kind of yeah. caught it with my feet. Yeah. And I'm yeah. still kind of on the lip, and I just kind of bunny hopped off it and just yeah, airdropped yeah. this thing, and it was yeah. about. It's so doable. Yeah, it was like six to eight foot. Yeah, and I've landed in the flats, but now I've got no speed and it's sucking up. Yeah, yeah. About to just come over me and eat me. And I've just like no speed, landed in the flats, and I've just kind of jumped up under this lip. Popped in, And just kind of parked and gathered a line. And I've still got no speed. And then I just kind of took off and I just stood in this mm. in this barrel and came out and I was like yeah. three things in a row that normally if I didn't have confidence or questioned yeah, it yeah, you would have yeah. just gone over or like nah and jumped yeah. out for like safety jumps it's or something just, it's so mental hey like yeah it's all it's all mental and um and yeah meant like confidence and commitment like that, the wave I was talking about earlier indicators there next to crack neck like I've seen um Damien Wills and and Jughead do stuff out there that just you know, it proved to me that it's all mental and if you actually confidently do it, it's so possible. Like they're taking off so late on things with steps and flat bottom that's sucking down and they're just clearing all of that on a, you know, six to eight foot wave, landing on the flats and pulling up underneath it. It's just like, like I've never seen anyone do that ever. Yeah. Like still now I haven't, you know, and, and Dom's on his backhand and um, they're just landing, engaging a rail on these just mutant waves, and it's just like it, it's so doable. But they're just like they're they're almost thriving on um, everyone else pulling back, and it's fueling their confidence. Yeah, you know, they're they're halfway out, taking off on the worst ledgiest bit. You know, not behind it and backdooring it. They're in the meat of it, and just you know pulling off the un- undoable. But but quite easily or seemingly easily yeah does that push you to make you want to do that no it fucking scares me <laughs> so you, you, you yourself even have a limit because yeah, i look at you yeah. and oh, yeah, i think... oh, totally yeah no i i feel like i'm pretty calculated yeah i feel like um do you find it weird when people call you crazy do you do you understand the reason why they would do that like when you're surfing these big waves yeah. is, it just, is it just what you're doing or are you actually and it, uh, understanding yeah. that it's fucking mental yeah but it's like i think if you you know um how do you explain it like i just there's this kid going down to ship stones today actually i nearly went down today i thought the wind might be the wind's like 40 miles offshore or something so it, it could just sort of shit the bed and go weird but i think the morning might be right but um yeah, like I just, I think if you if you've got the skills and you can see a line into it and you can, you know, you can see how you can manage that situation or that wave. I don't think it's crazy because it's like, yeah. in your mind, that's doable. It's like, it's like, I, I can I can see how I can do that confidently. I can make that no no problem. I I'm I'm happy to drop late and land on that down ramp and pull in because. Because you know I've surfed so much, I can I can do that. Or yeah. I'm feeling so fit, I'm I'm paddle confident, I'm I'm you know I'm on top of my game at the moment. 
so it becomes not not so crazy you know and yeah so that's what i was trying to tell this kid wade clemens this morning um oh now you're the elder yeah like yeah yeah he he wanted me to go down with him i sent him down with the tow board and um another paddle board and like i really wanted to take him but i just thought you know i'm gonna wait for something maybe a bit better or or a few days of it because it looks like only half a morning kind of thing but i said look when you're sitting out there don't don't let anyone don't feed off anyone else's energy but your own and i said to him i said because you're going to see waves that you can take off on that they can't you know and if you're if you're feeling their energy of wicking out like it's going to bring your level down because you'll be like whoa is there is this too gnarly it's going to make you question yourself exactly questioning it exactly yeah, yeah. So, so so i just know all the times when i've been had a successful surf in in heavy waves is when when i'm um you know confidently and proudly myself i'm feeling comfortable in my own skin i'm not i'm not letting anyone else's energy dictate mine you know and and it's almost like if someone else's when you're feeling that way and you see someone else's nervous or not feeling it but but you're confidently yourself and you're confident in your own um sort of thoughts on the situation like you actually feed off that it won't bring you down yeah so i tried to instill in him like just just run your own race don't don't ask anyone else what they think about it if it's gnarly if you can see an entry into those waves and you can see how to do it go and do it but don't don't sit at the back also and and a set comes and it's your turn and you can't see an entry don't go just wait till you can and then put your head down yeah so just just um Dude, that's ma- actually make, great advice. Make your own mind up. Yeah, yeah. You're because, an elder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, You're wise. Well, yeah. I think that's just from surfing those waves. It's when um, sometimes people can bring it down, or like, yeah, you'll, you'll second guess it, and you're like, "Oh, is it too gnarly?" You know. But but if you are not feeding off that, and you and you're going, "Well, no, I think that one's too gnarly," but I don't think that one is. Yeah. And even though they do, if you if you're confident in your own decisions, yeah, you know you're gonna you're gonna do st- stuff. Um, maybe yeah, you're gonna do things that people probably think is crazy. But it's like, well, hang on, I, I can just, actually see a way to do that. Yeah, yeah. well, you're yeah. surfing in your own ability. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I think that brings confidence um, of just doing what you know you can do. Even, you know, and it, and that's the thing; it can bring it down when other people can't see it. Yeah. Because you're like, well, isn't that possible? But that's why, yeah, I was trying to tell him, like, don't listen to anyone else if they're wigging out. If if you can see an entry in, like, just go and do it. Yeah. 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 All right. So you're you're this amazing big wave surfer. You're an aerialist. You do big airs. You do big calves. And all these boards you shape here that are sitting all around us right now, they're pretty much for every condition because... You're, there's not too many surfers out there that are as broad as you. You know what I mean? Like you're an air, like you're an air mm. guy. You're a big wave charger. Yeah, you yeah. know, you're still good with the calves, and that's why I think your your boards like why you're shaping them so well because you can put yeah. your finger in every pot. I think there's a few now though. I think now it's more like I think there's more guys doing everything now. Like look at all the guys on the tour. I reckon they they got to yeah. do everything. They're yeah yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. I think that just comes with loving surfing, hey, or just being addicted yeah. to riding waves. Like I'm, I'm still frothing if it's one foot, 
Yeah. Like, well, Serpent Sleds has definitely got an, a, a name for itself now, and it's definitely um, it's definitely getting recognition. And the, and the board, I've, I've had a few boards off you, and they've all been really good. Um, actually, and I've, uh, one of my magic boards, I had a magic barrel board, which is one that you yeah. shaped me that was under Nirvana still. Yeah, okay, your Nirvana yeah. sticker yeah. on it, and it just used to... It was like when it was heavy yeah. and a bit bigger, it was just the board that I felt comfortable. so comfortable under yeah. my feet. Yeah. It was just I knew I had this. I knew the strength was yeah, in the board. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that I could make those lines at a bit more speed. Just reliable Yeah, feeling. exactly. Yeah. 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 And then today, what have I picked off, off you? I've got a Tim and Tony yeah. um, twinny, and I got you to put a little trailer, trailer plug in. So yeah, I've got the two yeah. plus one fins going in it. I re- yeah, yeah. I reckon you'll like it as a twin, hey. Yeah, well, yeah. I just I just wanted that for um, diversity because I thought if I really liked it too, then when yeah. it gets a bit suckier, yeah. I can still kind of surf it because I love loose boards and flicking around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, if you guys have got the trailer set up with that and put a normal thruster in and, and just said that's how they ride it now, yeah. Just so, as a normal thruster. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully it gives you those options, yeah. 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 Yeah, so um, you've got so many different shapes. You've even got a really weird one called the mush, mince, mince and mushy, is it? What? <laughs> the mushies and mince, yeah. I didn't design that. Yeah, well, it's a mutual friend of ours, yeah. Kane Askew, yeah. Yeah, that thing's, it's just... A, it's it, an it, odd shape it, that it works. works. Hey, yeah. yeah. It's like a, um, if I had to explain it, like a, it came from a stuff up, so it's kind of like a, a round longboard nose, really straight midsection for till about two thirds of the way down the board and then it has it just cuts right in yeah it's like a side cut flyer but it's um it's actually the longboard template um flipped around so it so the arc is the opposite way to the longboard nose so it goes from like the 12 inch mark um back in towards the board and then arcs downward into a big diamond tail yeah but yeah, that's a freaky board. Yeah, I can't believe good. how good it works. Yeah, yeah. And guys do big ears and stuff on that thing, and I'm like, what, yeah, what's and going it, on here? it carves, and yeah, it's just it's it's crazy how comfortable it is for um, like how extreme the design is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you've got big wave boards, step up boards. You've got twins. Mm. Um, you've got performance shorties. Obviously, you surf as a performance surfer yourself. You yeah, you're right. So yeah. so how do I do get stuck on the twenties though? Oh, do you? Yeah. Well, I get. I've had a good run on a mini mail lately too. Yeah. 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 yeah did right. about six months on a mini mail. Just couldn't get off it. Yeah. You're kidding me. Yeah. So I'm. I'm pretty open to. Yeah. Whatever. Like I. I feel like, you know, your palate changes. You you really enjoy like, heavy drive for a while, and then you kind of get over that, and you enjoy like the squirtiness and twitchiness of a twin fin, and. Yeah. Um, yeah, then you get lazy and want to paddle a mini mail or yeah, yeah. So you're getting old, man. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, my boards are getting a bit thicker, eh? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Putting on extra pounds. No, you, you look good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Still a handsome good. fella. Yeah, cheers, mate. <laughs> okay, so how how do um how do people order the the boards? Because I've I've always had your number and, and you on Instagram, so I've just messaged yeah. you every time I've wanted a board. But um, um, how do other guys get get hold of you? Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, my phone number's on Instagram. There's you know people order direct through the website. So just serpent sleds, serpentsleds dot com. Yeah, um, got afterpay and all that stuff on there. But um, but yeah, I I just like it when people ring up or you know send a text. Hey, when can I chat to you about a board and um. Yeah. 
I like the personal aspect of well, actually, chatting on the phone and, I remember and going one of the, through an order, yeah. One of the boards I got off you, that was something that I really liked because I used to get um, boards off, off Matty up on the Gold Coast. And, um, yeah. and I remember, yeah, he kind of knew my boards and everything, but I hadn't ordered a different board off, off a Shaper for a while. And then I, when I yeah. came to you, I remember we, we had like a two-hour conversation about yeah. what waves I'm going to be riding, riding in my weight, what my style's like, what type of turns I like to do. Yeah. And yeah. I was actually quite impressed and quite surprised about how in detail you went into actually trying to make a board for me, yeah, not just yeah. trying to make a board to sell a board. Yeah, it was yeah. like you were quite trying to refine it for, for me and I found that really cool. Yeah, yeah. Even this, yeah, this I, board I here. I love it. I, I love just talking shit about boards yeah basically yeah but because of that i have the confidence in you it's like this yeah. board board here i said like i just kind of said hey i want a 20 yeah um yeah i want something what are you writing you said oh, i yeah. write a five four and you said well how much are you weighing now said, yeah you know like should i write something like you're writing and you just kind yeah. of said oh no i think like this and yeah yeah and that's how um that's how a lot of the models evolve too you know it's like some of the models are just just straight up a custom someone just asked me this is what i want yeah and i just did what they want and then they're like hey you gotta ride this board like make one for yourself this this thing's magic stick and i'd make it myself and be like well okay there's a base there and and keep the same plan shape but just tweak you know slight rail rockers and things like that until it really felt magic or whatever but yeah there's a few i haven't touched the the first time yeah that was it so yeah what i really like also about getting boards off you is is um supporting local shapers you know like even though boards off the rack and these big you know like you got your js boards and you got your almerics and that even though they, they are really good boards but it mm. definitely does take that connection out of surfing that connection that you have with your shaper where you're getting a board yeah. made for you and like you're also supporting a local shaper so it's like and there, yeah there's a few ways to look at it i reckon like like those guys uh so i wonder if you can hear that the compressor going oh the, the compressor's background. going yeah we've got, we've got board shaping. shapings in here <laughs> live action um yeah like those like so much respect for those guys you know not only not only like running a business on that scale and servicing so many team riders and you know world titles under their belts yeah. and all that like they're they're tried and proven boards yeah um yeah and they're definitely good boards yeah and i guess they started like the same way so um yeah yeah they're 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 trialed and proven so um you know so much respect for that but yeah then there is the other side of you know having a connection with a local shaper you know because some of the best shapers in the world aren't doing it on that scale you know like like who comes to mind like there's so many so many kind of alternative guys who I'm sure make magic boards, but then performance world, you've got like, yeah, you know, Timmy Patterson's and Luke Shorts and, you know, they do a fair bit of distribution, but they're not, they're not on like a psycho scale, you know, yeah. I'm sure there's um, quite a personal touch when you go and order a board from those guys, you know, yeah. I mean, unless you're getting a model off the website, but I'm sure you can still, you know, send an email and get some pretty yeah. good, you yeah, know, touch, yeah. yeah yeah so i think there is like guys who are tried and proven who are doing it yeah who, who are um yeah who, there is a personal way to order yeah yeah so yeah I'd, I'd love to maintain that even though i'm about to do a bit of a rollout um of stores and stuff up the east coast but uh 
I think you kind of have to do it to some extent to have a bit of awareness or um, just a bit more reach too, you yeah. know, um, where yeah, people can just, actually go and feel them and yeah. and that sort of thing. It's just getting in different pockets too, again, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so many times someone from like the sunny coast, oh, mate, I wrote a mate's board, you know, who, who got a custom because just all customs at the moment. Yeah. Um, go on to Indo in three days. Where can I buy one? It's like, oh, well... Uh, you can only get them here kind of thing so yeah so um so yeah hopefully have a few key stores and and see how that goes yeah yeah, yeah. Well, i'm yeah. stoked to see um you expand and grow and actually just see um to see where you end up man because you've got you've mm. got a talent here obviously your surfing speaks for itself and now you're shaping speaking for it and like you can go onto your instagram and you've got some some other guys surfing your boards on there that are absolutely ripping and yeah. you yourself you kind of you see these boards in action you see these boards working and like i myself like i order your boards because you know like you've mm. got a name for yourself now like I, every time i say serpent sleds or andrew mooney in the surfing world now like people know that name now that like yeah, people know yeah. serpent sleds yeah yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty pretty weird, yeah. Yeah. So let's look after our local shaper, man. Let's Cheers. look after yeah. you, Mooney. Yeah. yeah, thanks, mate. Wait, dude, we've been smacking out for two hours. Have we? Yeah, dude, it's well, an hour and 57. Yeah, yeah, that's right. the thing. When you're just talking, you're just talking. Yeah, that's cool, yeah. It's so, wow. been so interesting hearing your story. Um, that's, that's why I need to pierce. Yeah, I'm busting too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, let's get oh, on. Shit. Anyone listening, if they if they want a nice board, nice custom made board that's that's made from, get on Serpent Sleds. Um, you can get on the Instagram or what is it? Just SerpentSleds.com. Yeah, SerpentSleds.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just just give me a call. That's the go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I like I like meeting new people. Yeah, 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 yeah dude. All right, thanks so much. Cool. Good luck. Cheers, Shank man. God Mooney's a good bloke, isn't he? Now, if you guys like this episode, please take a screenshot and share it on your social medias. Every time you guys do that, the episodes just blow up. So thank you so much for doing that for me and getting it out to everyone. And if you guys really liked it, you can go into iTunes and leave a rating. This bumps it right up. Thanks so much, guys. I'll see you guys next time. Do it like a double.